Right, Welsh happening. I'm here with Ryan Stevens. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing, Ryan? Wonderful. Um, I'm going to leave Ryan explain what he does and what he's doing and what he's got planned. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of stuff that uh, resonates with some of the issues I've had um, in the past and things that give a positive message. Mm. So uh, tell us a bit about what uh, your podcast uh, does. So uh, with the podcast, it's... Uh, part of a community which I set up um, about a year and a half ago yeah. uh, called Ideas and Beers. So um, basically last, last February then, 2020, um, you know, I decided I wanted to set up a podcast, um, getting like a range of different people from all different backgrounds onto the podcast, talking about maybe their experiences and things that, you know, that they've done in their life. Also talking about, you know, their professions or like interesting subjects and things like that. So, for example, I've had uh, I think you've seen everything the Barefoot Dutchman, yes, and Anton yeah. Newton Boom. Uh, so he's uh, ex military, um, ex, ex Dutch military, and he's living out in Australia now. He was the first person to walk to Everest Base Camp Barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's also now about to set a Guinness World Record next month, walking the longest distance ever walked barefoot, which is from Cairns to Sydney, which is about <laughs> 1,600 miles or something like that. I think it's 1,600 miles. Uh, you know, what's the matter with people? <laughs> yeah, but you know what, right? I was so surprised at how much like of a humble guy he was. But, yeah. like, you know, and, and with that, I, when I came across him, I thought, right, I'm going to get him on there. Yeah. Because if there's, and we, we talked about this, I think, before we came on, yeah. it? Like, if there's one person that takes one positive thing away from something to exactly. put out there, it's, it's worthwhile. So that's kind of what I wanted to do with the with the podcast. So we've done 19 episodes already. Yeah. Um, you know, a range of different guests on, which is obviously on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it ties in then quite a bit with what I'm doing, you know, for my profession. Yeah. So, Explain uh, a bit about your profession. What, what are you doing as a profession? So about six months, seven months ago, I think it was in, the end, in October, I quit my job in Swansea University. Um, so I was working as the entrepreneurship officer at the time, helping students set up businesses, be more entrepreneurial, running workshops, lectures and things. But yeah. I just knew I didn't love it. I, I, I hated it. In fact, I couldn't physically be you in the job anymore. just didn't want to do it. Like, yeah, I just couldn't do there's it. There's nothing worse than being in a job you don't like. Yeah. And that's something I say about all the time, follow your dreams. It, it, it is. It sounds a bit cliche, but I, I literally knew that I needed to quit that job. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, I saw what I wanted to do. I wanted to set up as a mindset and accountability coach. Yeah. So, you know, the mindset side of it is helping people to obviously improve their mindset, help them, set, help them get out of a bad place into a better frame of mind, or also to help people who are already in a good place, you know, in, in many regards. They may not be struggling with mental health, yeah. but they want to, you know, integrate new habits break old habits um you know overcome self-limited beliefs build resilience um you know work on their fitness whatever it is realistically or work, you know a lot of it translates to professional stuff so you know i work with a lot of professional clients to help them uh you know skyrocket their business and things like that because obviously we are an extension of our business in, yeah. in, in many respects so you know, if you are performing better yourself, you've got your personal life nailed and things like that, you know, you've got your fitness and your nutrition and all that kind of stuff nailed, then you can essentially help yourself to produce better outcomes with your business as well. So yeah. that's kind of the mindset side of it. But then the accountability side of it is, you know, someone wants to make or break a habit pretty much, you know, and then we, we set these goals, these things they want to be count accountable for, um, you know, get all the systems set up beforehand and yeah. then we'll uh, we'll have like weekly calls or fortnightly calls 
to see how people how they've been over the last couple of weeks, see where things have gone wrong, um, try and figure out where things went wrong wrong and why they did. Yeah. Um, so they can obviously stop those things happening. Yeah. And honestly, the the um, the, you, the outcomes I've had with people already have been insane. You know, they've actually yeah. been amazing. Some of the, th- the the things that people have done or changed in their life. Um, you know, and it's not just me seeing that; it's them telling yeah. me as well. So, what sort of a what sort of a range of things does that cover? Then, does it cover mm. things like addiction? Does it cover things like uh, you you know what mm. what what sort of a, mm. a span does it cover? Like. So to give a bit of context, like we'll talk about this little, little yeah. bit later on if you want, but like I've uh, I got a qualification in like, um, you know, working substance misuse as well yeah. as like counselling qualifications, mentoring qualifications, you know, teaching qualifications, a few different things like that. So the, like, like I said, I can cover it from like the professional angle. So if I'm working with people to actually help them with their, you know, their sort of business as well. So obviously I've got my own experiences with that. So if I can, I can help people in a business sense, but I can also talk from, like you said, from the uh, substance misuse angle, the mental health angle, things yeah. like that, you know, um, I'm not claiming to be a professional in, no. in every single area, um, but who you know, can be though? Isn't it? This is you know, this <laughs> is it, you know can be. this is it, and I think you know if you're able to help somebody in some way, shape, or form because of the experiences that you've had or the qualifications you've got, yeah. things like that. I think you know that that's that's what the whole point is. Yeah. You know, Tony Robbins. Uh, obviously, he's like you know the fucking massive. Yeah, he's the guru of self yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he did like half a half of an NLP course and then just left because he thought, oh, well, I know en- I know enough now to actually help people. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that was his kind of his goal and his mission. Shallow Hall. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's in, in Shallow Hall. Yeah, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, no. And, in the uh, lift, did he? Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> That's a good film, actually. It's a it's, classic, man. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, you know, I, it does cover, like, it covers things like, you know, PTSD, yeah. trauma, um, you know, addiction and things like that. Like I said, I'm not claiming to be a specialist. What I tend to do is if somebody comes to me and they've got a particular issue or whatever, I'll, I say, I'll assess them the same way. Yeah, the building I, blocks. Yeah, the and, building and if blocks. I think, do you know what? This is out of my, you know, they, they, they well, not not so much out of my skill set. That that is to to an extent what I would do. But yeah. if I think they need better support, they need something more. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll say to them, look, you know, you don't need my support. You yeah. need to speak to this person or that person, and then I'll refer them to you know to these different yeah. people and places. And I think you know, like like I said, it's I guess I'm happy to work with them as well. But I will say to them, right, this is what I can help with. You know, with what you've explained to me you know, you potentially need that extra support. So, you know, if you want to work with me, fine. But this is something that I would suggest yeah. that you, you go and explore as well. Like, for example, if they if it is drug-related, you know, to speak to a drug counsellor yeah. as well. Um, you know, and, it, you know, you can have it on both sides of it, you know what I mean? You can have the, the coaching as well as that. Yeah. And it's just it's just hitting it from both angles then you yeah. know we might be dealing with the you know some confidence issues resilience they you know, building resilience uh integrating better habits we can talk about all that sort of stuff but then they're getting yeah. the support for the drugs then from somebody who's you know who specializes in that yeah so yeah that's pretty much where the way to work it yeah how do you feel about the way things are sort of changing and moving with Obviously, if you're dealing, mm. you deal with people who've uh, struggled with addictions uh, and not just addictions, but like mm. you say, other things, confidence and stuff. Um, how do you feel about the movement now with sort of um, legalization with cannabis? And mm. do, you, do you agree with the way that's going? 100%. And I do, yeah. 100%. There's a really good book. I don't know if you've listened to or read this. It's called Chasing the Scream by Johan Hari. 
Uh, anybody listening no, or watching uh, as well. Where can they get that? Amazon. Amazon. Um, yeah, Amazon. Most, but, but anywhere online. If you ch- yeah. type in Chasing the Scream by Johan ha- Hari. Um, so basically, he's, there, he's got two books, right? I've got the other one, but I haven't read it yet. But I've been, uh, I've heard great things about it. That one's yeah. called Lost Connections. And it's, it's uh, the title of it then is Why You're Depressed and How to Find Hope. And essentially the principle behind the book is, um, the, you know, the, the other one, Lost Connections. Yeah is around the fact that when we were tribes people that you know our greatest strengths were uh you know connecting with one another and being in communities and things like that and it's that yeah. those kind of lost connections now which are a, a, a precursor to a lot of like depressive thoughts that people have and things like that again i haven't read the book to know much about yeah. what, he's, you know, what he says in it but going back to the chasing the scream one uh the principle behind it is is uh reframing what people think about addiction yeah that was a really profound book for me because um, I've never suffered with addiction myself. Uh, you know, I, I never have. I've been fortunate in that sense. Yeah, I but, must. Um, you know, it, it, a lot. Obviously, a lot of people have. Uh, and yeah, like, and, and it's it's also just how we feel. I think even if you haven't suffered with addiction yourself, or you don't know someone who has, you will have definitely uh maybe seen somebody like in the street, for example, like you know what we typically call them, junkies or this and that, yeah. whatever. We, we almost label them as that and yeah. it talks about that. It says we shouldn't be thinking of these people as, as, as know, junkies, as scumbags. Junkies, smackheads, yeah. yeah we need to be changing that yeah. uh, because all of these people have got a story, all of these people have got a background. They lost souls, aren't they, at the end of the day? That's, that's it. And it's, it, it basically what he does, he travels the world for about two years meeting all different people from different you know, doctors who have worked in like safer injecting clinics in Canada, mm. you know, providing you know, clean I don't know, heroin, for example, and needles and reducing bloodborne virus rates and things yeah. out there. And what their perspective is on it all to uh, like people in the government in like Switzerland, for example, where a lot of things have been legalized and they've got different things going on out there. Portugal, where it's decriminalized. But then he's also met with like cartel members who are serving life in prison and things like that. Uh, But it's just absolutely fucking bonkers because, you you know, you're listening to a read. Sorry, read it. um, And you just can't believe some of the stuff he talks about. It's uh, for example, one of the stories in it touch on it quickly is yeah and i didn't realize the time frame i thought this was like the 50s or 60s when he was talking <laughs> about this particular story but then they mentioned right so basically there was a, a woman she had a you know a couple, one or two kids uh she'd overcome like drug abuse or you know drug use and stuff before um but she got caught by police then she fell off the ladder a little bit i think and she got caught with like I think it was like a small amount of a certain drug. I don't know what it was. I think it might have been, I don't think it was cannabis. I think it was maybe something like crack or cocaine yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I think it was a bit harder than the cannabis. But uh, she got caught with a very, like a personal use, but obviously the state that she was in, I think it was in like Arizona. Death, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't death, but it was like two and a half years, two years in prison, right? Like actual oh. serving time. It was like a very long time. But uh, because of the, they sent her to this really harsh prison, like fucking out the desert somewhere. I think it was right. Like it was, it, you know, it was just a proper area fifty one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a proper like horrible place. And she, because she was coming down off what it must have been heroin that she was on, but because she was coming down off it, coming out of cold turkey, they uh, like she was, you know, acting up. She was like having hallucinations and stuff. And rather than giving her the support she needed. They had this out, this cage outside, right? This big cage thing <laughs> out in the the boiling hot sun, where they would put people, and it, thirty minutes minutes was the like what they were supposed to put them in there for because it was so hot. It was like a punishment thing, right? 
they left her in there for two and a half, three hours or something stupid like that, right? And they were, all the guards were laughing at her because she was screaming about Beyonce and Beyonce's trying to kill her and everything because she was obviously hallucinating. hallucinating. Not from the come down at this point, but because of the fact that she was in the heat, she was dehydrated. <sighs> but they were laughing at her. She actually died in there, right? Because her insides cooked. Her insides oh, had actually cooked. Um, eight of them, the guards, were... Um, they weren't arrested, but they were suspended, um, or, you know, on suspicion of whatever. Um, there was no criminal prosecutions, and they actually had the suspensions dropped, and they were allowed to go back to work after it, and there was oh. nothing ever, you know, heard about it. But when she started talking about Beyonce, and he said about this in the book, I went, that's fucking now. That's yeah. in, like, the last five Beyonce, years. Beyonce, like... I thought it was, like, 50, 60 years yeah. ago. Um, you know, and he talks about this, and it's just, you know, just such, such a shocking book uh yeah. to read and then he gives you all his perspectives obviously by this point by the end and you, you made your own perspective what country all, was she in arizona i think in america fuck it's not even like it's you no. know you hear horror stories in thai prisons and stuff but yeah, yeah. fucking hell but yeah it's it's um it's it's worrying like still it started a shift it has started a shift that mm. you know the perception on it all but like you said when you've got drugs going back to the question once you've got drugs that are made illegal um, nine, you know, ninety percent of people then they associate the Ill illegal yeah. with criminal activity and being a bad person, being yeah, wrong, exactly. and things like that. And a lot of the time, yeah, okay, you know, it can be seen as that. But when you're talking about cannabis, it's not actually, um, it's it's not re it's not dangerous. There's no, I, as no. far as I know, there's no recorded deaths. No, no, from like direct cannabis no. use. Isn't it? There's not. Um, and and you put into that pool, right? Alcohol. Mm. Right, alcohol. Everybody's like, "Oh no, it's it's legal. It's a it's a drug." Yeah. Right. I don't care what you say. It's a drug, and mm. it, to be honest with you, it's one of the worst. Yeah, hundred percent. It's one of the. I got all the trouble I've been in has been one of the best. <laughs> yeah. No, it is though. Yeah. There's a there's a statistic, right? Um, now this has probably changed recently, just because obviously the pubs and all that stuff are shut, right? Mm. But when every pre-COVID, when everything was still open. I think it was either 76 or 79% of people in the UK that were in prison were there for drug or alcohol related crimes, right? Yeah. So that is either people that have been drinking and then have gone and had a fight or they've um, been selling drugs or they've been under the influence of alcohol or, you yeah. know, or on, under the influence of drugs at the time of their, you know, when they got a thing arrested. Yeah. But the majority of those were alcohol. You yeah. know, like obviously you had the drug, you know, people selling drugs and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, the people who were committing the crimes, you know, yeah. the majority of that was from fighting when all, on alcohol or, yeah. you know, like domestic abuse when you're on yeah. alcohol. Like, it's all those different things. Just it's people's, a me mega fact. You know. People's behaviour when they're drunk, mm. you know, you see, all right, you, you've got people who, who like to have a joint, they'll smoke mm. joints, and right? But you don't see those people causing problems. No, you, no, those no. people are the most fucking chill people you fucking come across. Do you know what I think it is as well, right? I think when it comes to um, when it comes to something like cannabis, uh, well, again, this he actually talks about this in the book, right? About yeah. where the war on drugs came from. Yeah. Okay? Um, I'll come, come on that in a sec, but I think the the reason that I think that drugs like cannabis was it DMT, Ronald Reagan? Mm, was it the president? He might have. He might have been in power at the time, but there was a guy working in the Department of Narcotics or something like that, but it was the pro uh, post-prohibition era. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I come on to that now. I think yeah. with, the, with cannabis, it, it makes you... It makes you not a productive member of society, not in a negative way, yeah. 
but they want people feeding into the machine. They don't want people thinking creatively and thinking outside yeah. of the box. Yeah. Because you stop being this factory worker, like exactly. r- robot, which, you know, is like eating junk food and just being in this fucking, yeah. like, oh, i got to go to work, i got to earn money to get a house, which is just Minions. essentially a fucking load of debt. Um, exactly. Do, you know what I mean? It's like you stop thinking like that and you start thinking out of the box. Fun fact as well, mortgage is two Latin words, moat and gauge, death grip. <laughs> they let, that's, that, no is, that is the banks literally going you twat like you were you know, fucked it, you know obviously you know it's not to say that they're you know it's all it's all bad and things like that but yeah. it does speak volumes i think right that in the muslim um religion it's actually illegal or it's not it's not you're not allowed as a muslim to get a mortgage uh where you're paying interest on that right so it's actually it's, a, it's seen as like a sin or illegal or something uh, or it goes against the court of Allah. Mm. I don't know the exact ins and outs of it. If you are, um, if you, you know, somebody's basically giving, they're giving you a house, but then taking money off you just for giving you the house, something yeah. like that. So they call it these like Islamic mortgages where you don't pay interest and things like that. Winning the wrong game. I know. <laughs> they, and they don't give you, they don't uh, charge interest and stuff like that because it goes against their court. I think I, I'm the fact that that's... Quran, no. I know, I know. <laughs> but I think the fact that it's in their religious context, it goes to show really that they they, they see that as like a negative thing, obviously. But yeah. in our culture, they're like, fuck that, let's earn some money off them. Yeah. Going back to the the, the, the book, the Johan Hari yeah. book. So uh, there's a guy called Harry N. Slinger, right? No one's ever heard of it. Hell of a name. Yeah. Yeah, he sounds like Gunslinger. Yeah, something. Shit Slinger. But, yeah, dickhead. <laughs> but he, he's literally, right, nobody has ever heard of him, or not many people have yeah. heard of him, but he's impacted nearly every single person on the planet, right? There's not many people that have impacted nearly every person's life on the planet, right? No. I don't think... I don't think anyone has, uh, probably. Do you know what I mean? Maybe the person who created Steve Magic Jobs. or something. Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but Harry Inslinger, he literally impacted every single person's life because he was um, he was in charge of the Department of Narcotics in Washington, D.C., just as the prohibition it got lifted on alcohol, right? right? So all of a sudden, what he his job was pretty much irrelevant, right? There was massive lay, you know, cut lay, layoffs and stuff like that yeah. because all of a sudden the alcohol was legal. They didn't really need have any purpose for the Department of Narcotics anymore. Yeah. Okay, but what he did was he start he had about maybe five, five, six staff members or something, right? And his budget was getting reduced every year and stuff. So what he wanted to do to try and increase his relevance and his budget and his power, essentially his political power, he started picking on particular drugs. So. I don't know which one he started with first, but I think it was, might have been weed, right? So he heard about uh, something in like Mexico, New Mexico, where a youngish girl, I think it was a youngish girl, she smoked weed and then murdered her entire family, right? 30 years later, they found out that she was schizophrenic, right? Yeah. Or 20 years later, she found out, they found out she was schizophrenic. But at the time, he went, boom, headline, yeah. Weed, you know, causes girl to kill her entire family, etc., etc., etc. Right? Propaganda, propaganda. Everyone in the UK, US, was like, "Oh my God, we need to throw money at this guy. We need, yeah. to, we need to fucking stop this." We need Got to stop these uh, kids killing their parents after smoking a yeah. a butt of a spliff. Like this is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Then yeah, they were throwing money at him, right? So all of a sudden, more power, more yeah. influence, more money, more staff, etc. Right? So that was that. Uh, now, I think one of the next ones was there was a, a black guy. Uh, there was a black guy who had taken cocaine and he was trying to fight the police and things like that, right? But because cocaine, it makes you fucking... Like, you fucking come on, dude. Yeah. Um, 
so the way that they labelled it, and you can imagine the headline at the time, obviously it's a racist, I won't say it, but it's a racist country at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the N-word was used in the head titles, mm. and they said oh, N-word became unstoppable and blah, 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 fighting police and everything. Yeah. And you can imagine, you know, the white people at the time were like, oh my God, we can't have that. Yeah. And it was, uh, obviously it was a very prejudicial time, very prejudicial country. So they threw money at that uh, to, you know, obviously put more restrictions on cocaine and the yeah. production of cocaine, et cetera, et cetera. More money, more influence. He ended up doing opioids. He ended up doing all of these different things, right? Like, the, the, And he had so much power and influence at one point, right? That there was a guy in Liverpool, bear in mind he's in Washington, D.C. Uh, in the, I think it was the six, it was the factories in the Liverpool shutdown in the 60s, 60s or 70s. It was around 60s or 70s, I think. Wasn't around, it? Uh, it was around then. I don't yeah. know exactly when it was they shut. Yeah, it was around whenever they shut anyway. There was a massive um, heroin epidemic in uh, in Liverpool and those areas. Um, and also, obviously, the unemployment rate, you know, all of the things that came with it. But the bloodborne virus rate went through the roof as well, right? It just shot up. I think it was like 90% to 100% like more than it was or something. It was just shot up. Yeah. So there was a doctor there who started prescribing heroin and clean needles um, and obviously doing like bloodborne virus checks and things like that. And uh, and I think he was actually helping them administer the heroin, something along those yeah. lines anyway. He took a really controversial but different approach. Uh, the bloodborne virus rate dropped significantly back to pretty much where it was beforehand. The um, overdose rate just was gone completely because people were going to him. So you had people yeah. who had actually gone back to work who would then go there, have their hair and whatever, and then yeah. they'd go to work straight afterwards. They were still productive men yeah, of society, Yeah, some people can right? still function um, yeah. on heroin, can they? Yeah, and this is it. So they, they were doing that, right? And then uh, all of a sudden, right, because it had such great exposure at the time... This Harry Anslinger out in the US caught wind of what this guy was doing. He put pressure on the US government to put pressure on the UK government. Relate, I don't know what with probably relating to trade deals and things like that. To yeah. put pressure on the UK government to make, put a stop to it. To and try again. And he actually, I don't know if he got him. I think he got him disbarred in the end. He stopped him from uh, practicing as a doctor. Got him shut down. And tried getting him thrown in prison. I don't think that happened, but he tried to. And then, obviously, as soon as he, that doctor was gone and the practice was gone, everything went back to the roof, overdose rates, etc., etc. right? So this guy had so much power and influence. He, he, he literally influenced uh, how we... Obviously, the, and the US was, like, the leading thing of it. Uh, it pretty much influenced how drugs were seen and the restrictions and things surrounding them right away across the globe. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, they call it the war on drugs now, right? How many people has that affected? Exactly. You know, plus. Not, you know, whether you've... Either actually you know, been involved in that before, and and and, and had some sort of it's had some sort of impact on you, or either you know you've had family members. I, but either way, it's created such a culture for looking at people, looking down on people who are exactly, doing drugs, yeah. even people who are smoking weed. You know, it's like yeah. people look down on those individuals. You you know you can imagine like it's just that word drugs. Yeah, it just sounds yeah, terrible. Yeah. yeah, it sounds terrible. But most and and most people, the ones who will walk past somebody smoking weed and go, oh, fucking, you know, yeah, listen, and you know, and look down on you, they've just been to Costa and had a fucking a Starbucks. Coffee. You know, they've had sugar in their yeah. coffee, which is another stimulant. Yeah, they might have had a Red Bull that morning potentially. They you know have a, a glass of wine when they go home. They might take some paracetamol. But there's no exactly. difference. Just you know, society says, "Oh, these ones are fine," yeah. which are fucking probably the worst ones for you. 
for these ones. Now you can't have these ones. The government has got a lot to answer for. Um, and when I say the government, I don't mean our government. Governments in general across yeah. the world. Um, you know, they've... And that's why I said about Ronald Reagan, because mm. uh, him and his wife came out with a statement. Mm -hmm. I, I've got the right president, I think, haven't I? Where they were saying, Maybe. just say no. Possibly, yeah. It was, was it Reagan? If he was around... Well, it, that Harry Enslinger, that, speech. That Harry Enslinger was in power for like 30 odd years in, yeah. in, in the US. Uh, so obviously there would have been a lot of presidents in the time. There so was, Ronald Reagan probably would have been one of them. Yeah. I think it was the 60s, wasn't he? There was the so, Just Say No. Um, and then because there's a film with Tom Cruise right. who's sneaking the cocaine across the border. The, yeah, the pilot one, isn't it? And yeah, that's, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. linked. See, I I've can't, seen that. I can't think of the guy's name he plays. But have you seen Cocaine Cowboys? No. I've heard of this. Oh, it's a hell of a documentary. I've heard of that, you need actually. to watch, yeah. I mean, do you know what? I don't watch much TV. Oh, you need to watch, yeah. I mean, I, uh, it gives you a good insight into the drug history yeah. with America and how they were tarnishing everybody. They were basically saying, we need to crack down, we're going to send these the they army were in. They the most themselves. But to fund the war then, I think it was like Vietnam, was it, or mm -hmm. something, they were... Tra transferring coke then, mm -hmm. just shipping it across then, mm -hmm. dropping it off, getting the money, and then using the money then towards weapons. Or no, it's it so is. corrupt. It like. is right. This is the thing. But like, look at um, what's that? Uh, uh, the fucking uh, woman prime minister we had recently, Theresa May. I couldn't remember if I yeah, so, you know, I couldn't fucking remember her name. Right? Do you know about her, her husband? No. Right. Oh so, wait, there. C Somebody has told me CEO of British Sugar, right? I, yeah. I haven't double checked this, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident it's true. So apparently, her husband is the CEO of uh, or the owner or whatever of British Sugar, okay? Right. And apparently, British Sugar own the largest cannabis or legal yeah, cannabis. I was going to say cannabis in the so UK, right. yeah, and they're shipping medicinal cannabis. I'm guessing yeah. across, uh, you know, uh, different parts of the world. So it's yeah. like, okay, well. How is it legal to have this large scale, you know, medicinal cannabis operation available, you know, to a corporate, a corporate company, uh, you know, who's married into like you know, the pot, the pot, pot politics or into the, yeah. you know, to a politician. Uh, but then you've got people sitting in prison for, I don't know, having a couple of grams of weed on exactly. them or whatever, like, in, you know, and just trying to make a living. It's like, is it one, yeah. is it right for one and not for the other? You know, just, the the you medicinal know. qualities in cannabis and and all of this stuff is coming mm. out now the medicinal qualities in cannabis the damage that the government or the higher up or whoever's made mm. these decisions to tarnish that mm. and make it look so bad and not just um cannabis but mm. you're talking about psilocybin mushrooms mm. um and dmt dimethyltryptamine mm. That's being used now to treat um, post-traumatic stress, yeah, depression, um, depression yeah. anxiety, mm. um, addiction, mm. right? Like, where were, where were all of these tests years ago? Mm. They were too busy moving the goalposts for their own hidden agendas. We'll yeah. say this now about, we'll create a war about this. You know, all everything is always, and unfortunately, mm. there's a hidden agenda.
behind everything. Hundred percent, and uh, with DMT and psilocybin. All uh, right, no, I no, I haven't done psilocybin or mushrooms or anything or uh, any like LSD. Uh, but I obviously we spoke about this before. We've spoken really, really about this. So, uh, and we're going to have a chat about it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously I've done DMT. So find me on DMT. Um, now, I, like I said, I think the reason, pretty obviously, the reason that they are banned, obviously, they are powerful substances. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no doubt about that. But I have not been the same person since I did DMT. You know, Changes that has you. yeah, it's changed me because I start, I stopped right living the rat race. Uh, yeah. You know, afterwards, I stopped living the rat race, and I started um, being more in tune with my, well, my intuition. You know, uh, spirituality. Yeah, yeah, spirituality. My gut feeling on things. Yeah, just very. Sl- you know, it sounds woo woo. Sounds a bit cliche or whatever, but yeah. it's like, you know. I've started to realise that there is something, you know, it, there is something else there. We've got our, yeah. was it six, five, five senses. Yeah. You know, we can touch, we can smell, we can hear, we can yeah. taste, etc. See. But um, we, you know, we, we talk about like this potential sixth sense or whatever. And like, I do think that intuition and things like that, it is this other sense that we've almost uh, forgotten how to use, right? You yeah. look at like the ancient Egyptians and you look at, you know, the Mayans and these yeah. sorts of people, they had... A higher level of intellect, you know, in, intelligence, uh, you know, just in the fact that they were able to build these amazing structures and put them in, you know, align them to certain constellations exactly. and things like that, right? It's just like, you know, I think I heard the other day, I think it's the Sphinx, the foundations of the Sphinx are aligned with like one of the constellations of the stars, right? Yeah. So if you actually look, look at it, it's aligned with one of yeah, the constellations. They, they, how like this is really it's like now you're touching on stuff right that i've been interested in for years right i talk about it all the time Mm. like the egyptian pyramids they're talking about um have have you heard that robert spock who's been on joe rogan dr robert spock no no i don't want to say fig (laughs) i don't want to say um figures of years because i don't know exactly the years but whatever we've been told in school about the, how old the pyramids are, mm-hmm. this Dr. Robert Spock, who's on the Joe Rogan podcast, has said about the weathering yes, and the water yeah. dam. No, I have seen it, yeah, because yeah. he said it's about 8,000 years yeah. uh, like older. He reckons it's uh, so much older than and what they're saying. They no, they won't and, let he, and he's, he done a, he done, um, is it an ultra, not ultrasound, what's the thing where you send a shock through the ground oh. and you can see for hollowness? Um, oh. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's not sonar, is it? It might be. Yeah, it might be it's sonar. sonar. Could be sonar, yeah. He, he done a test, right, and fired down because mm-hmm. he, he suspected that under the paw of the Sphinx, mm-hmm. he thinks there's a chamber. Yeah, 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 and they wouldn't let him... Uh, and, and when he it. pulled it to their attention, they kicked him off a fucking sight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, I, uh, I, I did... I've I, I seen that one, actually, now yeah. you've said that. Um no, this, this is... Right, so let's get into the DMT thing because I yeah. want to talk about, like... Uh, I know, there's so much there's, to talk about. <laughs> well, Egyptians, right? And this is what I was going to say to you. Uh, we obviously mentioned... We talked about it briefly before. Yeah. I'm going to... But, so DMT, right? Now, when I did DMT, um, obviously the experience I had, we can talk about that in a second, but, like, afterwards, yeah. I was just fucking mind-blown. My mind was blown. I was like, how mm. is that even possible to have that sort of experience? Do you know what I mean? And... I uh, I told one of like my one of my yoga, my yoga teacher about it. Yeah. And she you know she was interested in it all, but she said about um she said about getting an iodine supplement 
to to offset crystallization of the pineal gland okay so the pineal mm. gland is where our circadian rhythm is regulated so our sleep wake cycle and what can happen over time is there's a crystallization around the pineal gland okay mm. now that can inhibit your sleep so it obviously stops you from getting like you know good quality sleep and things like that which is then a precursor for mental health conditions or neurological conditions uh physical conditions and you know mm. you know like fucking everything pretty much you know what i mean it can it can mess everything up yeah if you don't get good sleep but uh that i pres- suffer with my sleep big time i do is that i have uh, these supplement <laughs> yeah but, uh, the you know the pineal gland is also said to be the spe- you know the seat of the spiritual of spirituality right so our spiritual receptor um our third eye third eye yeah. third eye yeah now Obviously, when you take DMT, I don't know if you had this, there's like a crystallization on the back of your neck. Yeah. If you've experienced that. So there's a crystallization on the back of your neck, which is basically this you know, third eye opening and then yeah. you get a flurry of energy and things like that. Now, she told me about this iodine supplement and I just thought, after we yoga, I went, oh, I'm going to go home and have a look at this, right? So yeah. I literally went home, put my dressing going on and it was like, if I, it was a fucking first thing in the morning, right? It was yeah. like 10 in the morning. I was off work this day. I thought, let me just have a little look at this. I was there for six hours. <laughs> Right, I was there for six hours because my mind was just blown because I came across. So I started looking at the iodine supplement and blah 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 and what is you know good for the pineal gland and all that shit. Did you try it before you took the iodine? No, no, I didn't. No. Did she advise you do it before? No, or after? Af- afterwards. But what it was, right? It was not so much the actual supplement itself, but what I found when I started look- looking into it. Right, mm. so um, now fluoride that's in our tooth based and in our water mm-hmm. okay as well as um chlor is it chlorine or um it is chlorine in there chlorine in water. So, yeah, yeah there's a couple of different chemicals fluoride being one of the main ones uh now they're obviously in the water supply in, in our um you know tooth base mm-hmm. now the teeth are connected directly to the brain as well which i found interesting when you're putting fluoride on them but yes. basically it's um it forms crystallization around the pineal gland over the course of time when you're using fluoride or having fluoride in your water and things like that. Yeah. Now, what happens when you have that crystallization is, like I said, obviously it inhibits your sleep, but also your spirituality and your intuition, I suppose, all of that's kind yeah. of clouded and a little bit fuzzy and things. Now, when you, I took the DMT, it pretty much smashed those crystals off, right? Yeah. So I was reading a lot of stuff about this online because um, I was very spiritually open for a good while afterwards, okay? Oh, he was. Yeah, you, just, you, make, you, you, do, you, make, you make sense of things. Everything's just like, yeah, I get it. Like, I yeah, get it. you look at the things, you're like, oh my God, I've never thought like, about that. Fuck, yeah. What the fuck? It is, it's, it, it's just absolutely Changes bonkers. the way you think. Yeah, it, 100%, right? But then what I did, I came across this guy's blog, right? So he is the... They call him the CEO, or sorry, his website is CEO Stage. So his name's Scott Jeffrey, and he is like a um, like a business, like a so CEO. He's actually a fucking business uh, coach for like CEOs, but he talk, yeah. talks about like spirituality and you know nutrition, loads of different things. He's a very knowledgeable guy. So I was reading his blog, and I couldn't find anyone else online talking about this stuff, right? Because I spent ages on his blog. Yeah. So he talked about decalcifying the pineal gland, so they're getting the crystals and shit off it. Uh, detoxifying your body through diet and you know what you're consuming and things yeah reducing blue light so the blue light um you know from our phones computer screens and things like yeah. that how that can inhibit how affect our sleep and our pineal gland and things and then the fourth part of the blog was how you activate your pineal gland without the use of psychedelics right so obviously three psych- then is it few different things so obviously psychedelics is one of them something called qui which is a, a form of Tai Chi, uh, mm. is one of the, the ways you do it. 
third eye meditation so essentially if you sit and then you just focus um the focus your attention on this part of your you know your mind mm. um sun gazing so sun gazing first hour and last hour of the day when the uv index is at zero you mm. can stare at the sun and it yeah. doesn't impact your your um uh, the retina and yeah. eye and things like that it doesn't affect you damage, like. yeah nothing you know, the first <laughs> don't go out though. looking at the set man. yeah not in the daytime <laughs> not that we get any fucking sun anyway <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah don't do it in the daytime yeah. uh, first hour last hour of the day but like that's another one um and so the wim hof breathing method he didn't include this on his blog right but mm. the wim hof breathing method wim hof talks about being able to access your uh your pit your, your dmt the dmt in your brain yeah. pardon me um from from doing this as well with his breathing i haven't experienced that but i've had some really close have you tried experiences it, yeah? with the wim hof breathing yeah i do it quite often yeah and i've, I've got to a similar state but if i was yeah i, I don't know i think if i, I think I could probably reach I, it from there. I can't imagine it being as explosive as three talks from the old... Uh... Well, there's, right, so there's, there's, a, there's the other one, right? There's the other one that he talked about. Yeah. Binaural and isochronic tones, okay? Now, what they essentially are are frequencies that respond... Uh, sorry, tones that respond at a certain frequency. So right. our brains are broadcasting and receiving stations, right? Yeah. If you see someone who's happy, you generally it uplifts your mood yeah, a little bit. If you see someone, oof, nearly <laughs> fucking knocked out all that. If you see someone who's sad, yeah, you um, if you spend a lot of time, you're more likely to kind of tune in at their frequency, right? Yeah. So it's like you know you're you're going at positive that, energy. Yeah, you know we're all going at those different frequencies, right? But now I don't know the ins and outs of it essentially, but I spoke with somebody who is a. Um, neuroscientist i think something that's probably the right term for mm. um and when you look at like for example the tv sort of for a certain amount of time a tv is responding generally at a specific frequency now let's say it's roughly 30 gigahertz or whatever i don't know if it is that but it's responding at a frequency which is most associated with a depressive state of mind okay so if you're right. watching that tv for a long period of time what happens right you literally you know you start off like this then you're like that and then you're like you know going <laughs> down yeah you know you're laying down then but you're ordering shit food and you feel crap <laughs> and you feel crap don't you right yeah. you could say that's because of the lack of movement you know yeah. you could say it's from the lack of movement or from the food but you could also say that you know you've just been watching this for a long period of time and it's like okay people just say oh, i feel really tired now i feel really shit not thick state then yeah really? it could be just programming your brain at that frequency mm. now binaural tones going back to them and isochronic ones, like I said, they will respond at certain frequencies and then certain frequencies are associated with different states of mind. So you've got, like, I think alpha state uh, is, you know, high high productivity, high energy, you're getting stuff done and things like that. Generally, most of us are in alpha quite often throughout the daytime. So we're probably in you know, like an alpha state right now, I think. Mm. Um, then you've got beta, which I think is like more of a, a chilled out type state and you know you've got you've got delta then i think which is like you know just before you go to sleep and then theta which is deep sleep right yeah so you've got all these different frequencies now that binaural tones right i thought i'm gonna give that a lesson yeah okay? so this is about two weeks after i did dmt now i put those binaural i put my earphones in literally saturday night 10 o'clock uh all the lights are off i was having an early night i hadn't had a drink or anything like mm. that put my earphones in listen to a binaural tone and within three to five minutes i went into a flat out dmt state serious yeah not as powerful as that right because obviously when i did dmt there was like i wasn't conscious i wasn't able to move my body mm. and things it almost takes you it, you it takes you doesn't it right whereas 
I was still able to move my body. I was still awake. I was still yeah. in the bed, but I was literally there. And I could see, like I had my eyes closed and it was pitch black anyway, but I could see blue pulsating energy in my hands and things like that. And I, again, crystallization on the back of the neck, yeah. this flurry of energy right throughout the way throughout my body. I was kind of closing my fist and I could feel like this immense energy go into my hand. I was like, what the fuck? Something's what happening. Like I, honestly, my mind was fucking blown. I opened my eyes. I was nearly crying. So I was like, what the fuck has just happened? Because it wasn't the experience as such, but more about this is like everything I've been you've channeled into or anything this, I know yeah. or what everything I thought I know and knew about the world and stuff is is not it's not entirely it's not entirely it's there not, right yeah like you know you talk about Buddhist monks and all these different people those are people who are able they're able to do it without the use of binaural tones exactly. they're able to to reach these sorts of states and control them and influence this higher level of intellect I suppose yeah um just from the you know living the lifestyle that they do or whatever obviously we in western society we need a bit of a hard reset yeah. because of the lives that we live in but uh it was a very profound moment for me and it just blew my mind because I thought you know what else is uh what what else don't we know right and exactly. on that blog uh he talked about he, he talked about ancient civilizations as well see right yeah. so about how to access the pineal gland he talked about the, the connotations in different civilizations he said you've got the mayans they had a singular eye which they used quite commonly within yeah. uh, all of their architecture and things Ancient Egyptians, the the actual the, the eye, eye of Ra, yeah, the eye of Ra. Yeah. So the eye of Ra and the eye of Horus are the actual pineal gland, which is in the brain. And it's the, the shape size, of it that kicks out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's the size of a grain of rice. Yeah. So they would have literally had to dissect dissect the fucking human brain, and then somehow know that this tiny, tiny little feature in the brain was somehow somewhat um, important. Yeah. Um, you know what else? You had uh, the, the Freemasons. Yeah. Singular eye, singular eye, right? And they know stuff that we don't. They, they've got a t completely different history to what yeah. we are taught. Um, you know, and obviously a singular eye is a, is a major part of that. On the American dollar, you've got the thing. Illuminati. Got, yeah, yeah. The, you've got the singular eye or whatever. Like, I generally believe that these sort of secret organizations that we hear about, I think that they're just able to access, like I said, this this different state of consciousness, either willingly or through the use of maybe yeah. psychedelics and things, which allows them to think on a different level, to be more productive members of, yeah. of, of society or whatever. Like I think, I just think that's what you get taught when you become part of these kind of elite groups. That's my own yeah. sort of uh, you know, theory on it. Have you listened to Alex Jones? I have, but he's a bit too wacky for me. He go he's now too he wacky takes, for me. He takes. Um, the thing is with Alex Jones, right? He touches on things that have got uh, a lot of truth. Yeah. But then he goes fucking Way wild with it. it. Yeah. So it it sort of um, is a bad reflection then on the truth coming yeah. out. That that's what I'm very conscious of. See, right? Because I think you've got like you've got you've got so conspiracy theorists. Yeah. You that once you believe one, you believe them all. Right, I think, exactly. I yeah. think that's what it is. When you go to someone who's like a, or falls into the category of a conspiracy theorist, they start to like you said. You, you know, they'll believe um, that like, like aliens. Right, I actually, I, what do you I, believe? I believe there's aliens out there. 100%. I think there is. I have. Yeah. Like, there's got to be a memory. I, I think if there anything is. we know about the cosmos is true, that there are this like these infinite amounts of planets and fucking. It's, it's ignorant to think that we're we are I the th only thing. I think there definitely is, mate. Yeah, you know that, that's that's where I do think that there is. Especially but, like, after DMT, there's fucking without yeah. a doubt something else <laughs> out there. Yeah, and and I, I think 
like yeah you, you, you know I think if you were, were to believe about well so let you, let's not use the alien example because that is actually a lot of people do believe that right but let's say that um, area let's just say that area 51 of you know been hiding a fucking spaceship mm. or whatever right so that's a bit of a conspiracy theory you know at the moment because we don't know the truth about it but uh if you believe that then you might also believe that the twin towers was an inside job and then you might yeah. also believe that uh wind bills wind bills are fucking bullshit and they don't actually produce they just you know yeah. you know government funded fucking whatever i yeah. don't know um you know a, a faz a, what do you call it a, a faz a, just take it. They're not actually what, no. doing. They're saying that they're producing grainy energy, but they're not. Like I know someone who's he believes that they're not actually legit. They're, and they're not just really there to make us it. think that they're creating green energy. When, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I mean. But the thing is, once you believe one, you believe once it all. Once you go down and the rabbit hole of conspiracies, fuck. That that's why I tend to avoid them. I think like my experience with DMT has taught me to think like more creatively more openly like uh you know it's it's only from my own experience do you know what i mean like what i experienced yeah. i thought right well i've been through this so i'm able to present a different opinion on this particular state that i was in at the time and these thoughts yeah. i was having um more so than what other people who haven't experienced it w- would have do you know what i mean so yeah. when i try like we said earlier isn't it if you try explaining to somebody about the dmt experience it's such an abstract concept for people because like you it's it's just not like anything you would have experienced no. from any other you know, drug for example but also like just in your day-to-day life you know yeah. you wouldn't have really experienced it's, it's like that trying to thing. explain to a blind person what seeing is like yeah no it is it is yeah in there 100 percent. like how 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 could you describe all of this stuff now yeah yeah because if you're blind and you've never seen anything like that mm. you can't imagine it so with my experience from DMT, um, talk me through it. Yeah, tell yes, me, tell yes, me, tell let's, me. Let's the, it. Talk about because a lot of people on you, mm. well, a lot of people know me do know about DMT because I've talked about it. Yeah, but explain about the process of the preparation, the actual intake of it. Okay, um, because so, it may be a bit different to how I did it. So I did it. Uh, one of my friends, um, I met him. Six, seven, seven years ago, seven years ago in Malia, right? So literally, we just met met a group of boys out there from Newport. Yeah. We had a, you know, stayed with them for a few days, having drinks and whatever. Me and my mates, um, and we just kept them on Facebook and whatever afterwards, as you do. Isn't it? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, one of my mates, he wanted to go to a festival. He basically got in touch. He kept in touch with one of the guys mm. from Holiday, and he went to a few festivals with him. And he ended up doing NMDMT, which is the visual one, which yeah. is a bit more. You can do that more recreationally, whereas yeah. the five meo from the frog. That's a lot more powerful, and you wouldn't really do. You yeah. wouldn't do that recreationally, but I think yeah. you can get five meo from the from a plant as well, though. Can you? I don't know. I don't think so. I think I think it's NMDMT which you get from the plant. I think the five meo. Well, you might be able to. I'm you sh- might be able I'm to, but I thought you could only. Get I don't know. Frog. I don't know. I thought you could get five meo from a specific. I can't remember what the plant yeah. was called. I'm not sure. But he, he, he knew, after looking at like I said, my mate, I, uh, who he went to the festival, like he said, did the DMT, and when I was listening to Joe Rogan and coming across yeah. all the stuff, I'm like, fuck, I want to try it. Exactly the same as me, man. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was dra- drawn to it, anyway. I was drawn yeah. to it, anyway. I was like, I just really need to try this. I don't know why, right? Because when I was um, like listening to stuff, I felt like. I don't know. I just, like I had like a little niggle, almost little like yeah. a n- little niggle. I just thought there's something not right in my life, and yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And then when I when I came across the concept of DMT, I was like, I need to I need to explore it. I just need to try it. Yeah. So you know, anyway, 
got in touch with this guy because my mate said, oh, you know, he's got DMT or he's, he's able to, you know, to, to, to do it or whatever. He knows where you can go for it. And he said, look, mate, come up. He said, come up. He said, I've got a little bit here. We can, you know, we can do it. Uh, I'll, you know, to, he said, I've been to ayahuasca ceremonies yeah. as well, so I can kind of guide you through it, him and his missus. Um, you know, they set the, the scene right to where like low lights in, like nature sounds and whatever, talk me through the process. So obviously you put the, like the, the crystal into like, a, it, it looks like, it looks like you're on crack. You know? Yeah, it, does. Like, it looks little, like a crack pipe. It literally <laughs> does. Yeah. And like a little, uh, like a glass pipe. Um, obviously just like heated around the, the bottom of it then. So the, you know, smoke starts coming, but what they, Joe Rogan says to do and a lot of other people is you take three big in, t- in talks. Yeah. He didn't like doing that because he said it actually seems like you're not getting the full, the full thing of it. Mm. Whereas he said, if you breathe all the way out and then have a very, very gentle like inhale. So almost like as if you, you know, almost like it seems like you're breathing too slow. Yeah. Right. So nothing at all. Very, very gently, uh, but like very consistently. And then he said, you know, when you can start seeing like the cloud type thing come over you, take one big inhale, like you know, one last inhale, and then that's when you you go into it. And like when I did that, uh, I was sitting on the bed, so him and his missus were either side of me, just so they were like, you know, when I they could see I'd had enough, you know, he pulled the thing away, yeah, and then laid me down. So him and his missus laid me down on top of the bed like that gently. But at this point, I had a black uh, like cloud come over, quite a bit of daunting, but a black mm. cloud came over, and then all of a sudden, I saw like saw like black bifolding geometry, um, and it almost the best way to describe it is it felt like I was falling into my brain. Okay, so it felt like I was tumbling into my brain, and I was seeing you know like this geo geo these geometric patterns and stuff, like an Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost yeah, it is. yeah, and like I, but it was weird because when I, I as um you know as I was doing that then. I kind of after well, however long it took I don't know I had no concept of time mm. when I was in there because uh, ten I felt like ten seconds but it was actually twelve minutes I was under yeah. so um, I fell in like through a black space then pretty much but there was like white uh, it also it was it was like almost like white electric what you'd imagine um, electric would look like if you could see electric in inside of a wire it was weird as yeah. fuck, right but what I talk from that really is that i could almost i was inside my brain and i could see the the, the electric the little white lines and stuff i could see were my thoughts almost they yeah. were like individual cognitions i don't know i I, again, like, I don't know what that it's is like but, entities are they uh no i didn't have any no. i didn't experience that side of it no because um like i said for me it was almost just like these white sharp line type things and i had no awareness of a body of my body Nothing that i existed the, the ego completely was gone do you know what i mean there was no concept of i am this person yeah um and also the music that was playing it wasn't like i could hear the music i became no. the music yeah uh, it's very very difficult to to explain but like i said i was in that then for about 12 minutes um felt like 10 seconds but then when i i didn't really take too much from that part of it right that mm. that part of it was just the, the you know, inside of the experience i didn't really take too much from that but then as i was coming out of it i don't remember the process of like how i started to exit but i remember um i remember basically i'd opened my eyes and it was like if i close my eyes now and i open them i see everything that's in here or yeah. as it was right but I opened my eyes and it was like the world unraveled back in front of me. So it was almost like I was uploading back into the matrix, right? That That's generally what it was nice. like. It was it kind of went do, 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 do. And then all of a sudden the vision stopped being blurry and I could see everything again. But I couldn't move at this point, right? My body, it was completely it limp. Was still it was completely limp like that. And it, you, you know, it wasn't scary or daunting. It was quite like a peaceful experience. Mm. 
Um, but then all of a sudden, it was like the life came back to me. And this is why people say it's almost like you die and you come back because yeah, uh, obviously because you know the fact that your eyes open and you know that happens. But then I had this flurry of energy. It literally just whoosh, rushed through all my body to my hands and everything. And then all of a sudden, I could start to move again. But like just laying on the bed, I could feel. I don't know, just, you know what, like, I'd move slightly like that, I could just feel immense comfort. Yeah. Um, like, you know, colour visualisations and things like that. Um, I zoomed out on the world. I could see the world looking from afar. Um, but then almost the structure of the world and everything kind of, you know, like, as if somebody pulled it apart. I could see all of the different layers and fucking whatever in the world. Yeah. It was a bit it was crazy, but... It's fucking uh, nuts. The, the key things I took from it, right... The first thing that came to my mind as I was coming out of it was, oh my God, this is fucking crazy. I need to tell people about this. Yeah. But then my inner voice kicked in and said, no, you don't. This is for you. Yeah. What I took from that is that I was giving away too much to people mm. in life. I was, you know, just giving away too much myself maybe, or yeah. giving away too much information to people. I don't know. But I just kind of took, I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, and the other thing, the other realization I had, which, you know, I said about the little niggle that I needed to address in my life. Yeah. But a week or so later, like I said, you're a lot more spiritually open. I kind of realized the little niggle, that little, you know, unsettling feel, unsettled feeling that I always had. Um, it was just a lack of presence, a lack of gratitude for where I am right now, for what I'm doing right now. I was always looking for the next big thing. Yeah. I was always looking for the next big thing. I was always looking for, you know, what, what, what do I do now? Who, yeah. you know, where do I go? I don't know. I was always thinking, I was never fully going, do you know what? I'm really grateful for what I've got in my life right now. I'm really happy with my life right now and everything, how everything's going. Mm. Um, and as soon as I, ha as soon as I realized that's what it was, gone, that little niggle straight Is away. It? And since then, I can honestly say like, I've been completely fucking happy. You know what I mean? I'm still a human. So I still get up and down little emotions yeah, or whatever. But evidently, yeah, evidently I've been completely happy since then and it's completely changed my trajectory of life. It is I, fucking crazy. One <laughs> of the biggest things, and, and the reason I, I tell everybody about it, it isn't to, um, isn't to be like, oh, I've tried this and, you know, you, you haven't. It's more, I just think it's a fucking, it's criminal that something so spiritual, yeah. like you've got this, I mean, it's magic. Mm. The fucking thing is magic. Mm. And it's been hidden from us. With It's been used in tribes for fucking hundreds of thousands, yeah. maybe millions of years. Like, mm. And now this this thing, it's, it's almost like it's just been brushed over. People haven't even heard of this fucking stuff. And, and that's what I find interesting, right? Um, I've spoke to so many people about this, right? And I like, when I'm talking about it, I'll say like, oh, have you, you know, have you heard of DMT or whatever? Like, we'd be talking about something mm. and then I'll bring it up. Have you heard about DMT? Oh, no, what's that? Or ayahuasca. It's a lot, more, some people have heard of ayahuasca. Yeah. Uh, but not many. I think it's interesting how the two most potent and powerful in terms of their effect on, you know, on, your, on the, your mind and people's lives, not many people know about it, right? Mm -hmm. There's not exposure about it. Like, you know, you hear about, like, coke and everything in, like, negative sense. Like, oh, yeah. so-and-so has died of coke and, you know, coke overdose or whatever, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You hear about these different things in headlines. You don't hear about that in DMT. And I find that interesting, yeah. right? Because it's almost like even the negative side of this, they don't even want to push the negative no. side of it because that still puts a highlight on the fact that it exists. That it's there. Like, and then people are going to yeah. be potentially seeking it out, right? Yeah. Well, um, it's... 
it, it, what I think about what DMT does, as well as like psilocybin or any kind of psychedelic, I think psilocybin mushrooms and all those sorts of things, they allow you to access. Let's let, if you look at the brain as this, like so. This is the the, you know, the level of the brain. So guys in the camera, yeah, this is yeah. the brain. You know, let's say halfway up or halfway down is like that's not too deep in your subconscious, but it's little things that might be holding you back in some way, shape, or form. I think certain drugs like psilocybin allow you to temporarily bring some of these like surface level things or whatever in your subconscious back up to yeah. you know to your conscious mind so you're able to process them in a way that you haven't before yeah and then heal from them so they may have be you know just things that have happened certain beliefs that you hold on to about yourself maybe yeah. about your appearance yeah. so a lot of people have got you know self-confidence issues because of maybe things people have said in the past in school yeah. you know d i think certain not dmt so i think certain things like psilocybin and mushrooms lsd can probably and again i haven't experienced it firsthand but from what i understand yeah. i think they allow you to process those little things that have happened in a different way so that you heal from them whereas when you talk about dmt ayahuasca those very powerful potent substances yeah. i think they go right the way down into your subconscious to the fucking deep shit that stuff that's happened in childhood yeah. you know trauma that's happened in childhood and things and i think this is why a lot of people not a lot of people some people have really bad reactions because they've got stuff from their past which yeah. comes right the way back to the surface they have this bad experience and then they're not able to really process what's actually happened yeah. you know and, and it makes them worse in some cases i think when you're talking about what they're doing now with clinical trials they are obviously coupling up uh, dmt with psychoanalytic therapy which i think yeah. is so important because yeah. if you if you're somebody who's looking to use dmt or ayahuasca for healing you need either a shaman in yeah. a proper ritual who's yeah. able to talk you through the experience afterwards um and and how you've you know what, what it could mean and you know things like that or you need somebody like i said like a psychotherapist or somebody who's able to really help you make sense of the of what's just happened so that you benefit from it rather than, than yeah. get worse um like i said i think i think that's what happens i think that it's allowing you to heal so that you become the very best version of yourself and yeah. you're not caught up on things that have happened in the past and that things that are dragging you back and i can honestly say like my life has totally changed in terms of mine has. since that yeah. yeah i look at everything so differently i just look at i, I look at things so like some people are just curious and mm. some people just want to like i've spoken to some people about it and they're like fucking hell i don't want to do that mm. and i'm like there's only a small amount of people who, who it takes balls it does man I'm, I'm actually it. i'm actually anxious to do it again mind i, I did it the once i'm more anxious to do it again than i was the first time right because um I know what you're going to say. Because e your ego, right? So we've got yeah. we've got our egoic mind, which is, oh, I am Ryan Stevens. I'm a mindset coach. I'm blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 right? So I is your ego, right? It's, yeah. not, a, like a, it's not an ego thing. I, I, I'm sorry, a negative thing. A lot of people think like, oh, you know, if he's ego-driven or this person's yeah. ego-driven, then it's a negative thing. It's not. Like everybody's no. ego-driven. No. Everybody, we live in e e an egoic um community yeah yeah the world is, yeah, like, is pretty, you know, it's built on ego yeah. it's like oh well what do you do for work what do you, where do you you know yeah it's like yeah very individual um pardon me it's like who you know what, what do you do for work or what's you know um you know what, what, what have you done in the past and this and that it's like just everything's based on ego it's not like 
um, people don't ask things which are more like uh, you know, to the spirit. So like, well, who are you really? Yeah. No, I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know yeah, what you do. What, know. Who are you? What's you know? Yeah. What's the person behind Ryan or whatever? Like, I think when you do that, that's when you're asking somebody to speak from the spirit a little spirit, bit more. Right, that sure. that part of them. Do you know what I mean? Beliefs and. Um, yeah, just, yeah, your, your, your beliefs, yeah, your belief system, things like that, I think. beliefs and... It's difficult to comprehend. It's really, hard, it's hard to put into words, like... That, that's what it is for me, though. The anxiety now about doing it again comes from the fact that my ego knows it, it's not in the driver's seat yeah. when you take DMT. You know, your ego is not in the driver's seat at all. Your ego's like, ah, fuck, you know, yeah. that's it. I, I had a good friend who did DMT, the 5-MEO, after I did it. Yeah. Um... And I was there, and the experience that she had was very um, negative, as it happens, right? So very negative. Bad so she, uh, what I, yeah, she kept kind of, she felt as though she couldn't breathe. So she was in the experience. Yeah. She don't remember. She felt she it was a horrible experience. She said she felt like she was being ripped apart, you know, physically ripped apart or whatever, like in you know in the experience. But she was setting up. And going, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. But, yeah. you know, the guy who was there, he was taught, he said, no, you're in a safe place, yeah. you are, you're breathing, lay back down. But she doesn't I remember doing bit. that. I, I, I had it, um, and my mate hmm. had it. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. Yeah. Now, now the f- I'll try and explain about my times, right? I've done it three times. Yeah. First time, sat down, pipe and out crack pipe yeah. <laughs> sitting there like that little pipe like that I, I'll have to have a look see if I still got it and it was like a glass blue pipe yeah. and it wiggles like that and then it goes mm. to the and it was a tiny pipe right mm. so I packed a little bit of weed in there mm. at, and then you put a little bit of the uh, DMT on there and then a little bit more weed on the you top you put weed in there as well underneath it okay to stop it from burning Ah, right, okay. The naked flame. Yeah, yeah. Because how did you do it? Right, so the way that he did it before, um, the way that he did it before is uh, he actually... In a liquid? No, he did, it was, he did the same thing. He did it without it, um, but the bottom of the pipe had burnt, right? So right. Um, at a later point, and when, funny enough, when my friend I was just talking about did it, because we went camping, yeah. his mate is a uh, like a... Um, he's a doctor, he's a chemist or something of some sort, right? So he's, he's clued up the fuck. But he was like, no, you're doing that wrong. So he, because obviously he is literally a scientist, yeah. this is his thing. But he said, what you're doing, he said, if you look at the burn marks on the bottom of that, he said, you're leaving quite a bit of it in the bottom yeah. because your bur- it's burning and then stay Stick sticking to it or whatever. But um, what he did then, he held it a bit further away and he was circulating around the bottom rather than just holding it under like that. Yeah. So he was circulating around around the sides and around the bottom and all that kind of stuff. So there was the glass was fine. There was no burn on it. And it kind of, it, it, it did it the way it was supposed to. And then you get like a full talk of it yeah. um, rather than the way you'd been doing it. So th- there is a slight change in it. But yeah, that, like that, um, the, the person I was talking about, my friend, uh, just to finish that one, she, she literally had it. And when I, she explained that, she didn't know that she'd woke up and, and she was like yes. that, do you know what I mean, trying to breathe. But what I said to her, what I think it would have been, and she agreed as well, is... You know, it was her spirit's almost trying to take her. The DMT's trying to take her down this path, and then her ego, her, you know, her mind's like, yeah. "Oh, hang on, no, fuck off! I don't want to go down there. Yeah. I'm not in the driving seat. Come here, come here." And it's trying to kind of, you know, that that, that who not being able to breathe. That's a very basic function. Yeah, that it's kind of saying, "Oh, fuck! I, you know, I'm I can't breathe." That's what's trying to bring her back to like yeah. reality, if you like. Um, sorry, go. On. She she didn't. I I think what had happened there was. Um, 
and I think this is what the case was with us, uh, me and my mate. Um, take you take take the puff. It's really harsh. Mm. So straight away when you take the first one, you think, fuck, you need to cough. Yeah, yeah. But you're thinking, I'm not coughing. It's not because mm. you're supposed to hold it for like 12 seconds. So I took the puff, let that weird taste, mm. weird yeah, smell. It's, just, it's, it's like it a weird. fucking musky, dusty. Mm. It's hard to explain. It's really fucking weird. Yeah, it is, it is weird. I remember that. And I, I took the first one, held my breath. Now, the first one went smoother than the other two. Mm. Um, took took the puff held it breathed out felt like a bit of light deadness mm. took the second one held it all geometric patterns and mm. i closed my eyes everything was just going and like unbelievably like clear like patterns clicking and they were they were almost like just blending and mixing like a Rubik's cube it, it, and then the, new pieces joining on. And it's in a way that you can't really comprehend either, isn't it? Like, it's like, how is that? Oh, so weird. But this was just like, the yeah. start, this was. Mm. Now, all the, so then I, I remember thinking, I'm not breathing, mm. right? And, and that purely because I think, this is just my fucking theory, I hadn't taken enough because I still had the third one to go because mm -hmm. I was only on the second puff right so I took the third puff and then it's just like I just went right yeah. and then all of a sudden closed my eyes laid back and everything all, all these geometric patterns there were more coming in he was building this big tower in front of me mm. now everything else was just black yeah just black and I wasn't a person. I'd, I'd been zapped out of my body mm. so quick that I'd even forgotten I was a human. Mm. I was just a state of consciousness in this... It, it, it looked like like in this thing of just nothing, but with this geometric tower building in front of me. Mm. And it, I was looking at the tower and I just remember thinking, look at all these colours. Look, mm. at, look at all the patterns. on." And while I was doing that, it changed then, right? Mm. The tower changed from this this geometric pattern tower to scales of a snake, right? Right. Now, imagine that the, the tower was... It's so hard to explain. The tower yeah. goes like that, up to... You, you couldn't even see the top. Mm. And then imagine the snake was wrapped like that. Okay, right. All the way around, right? But the scales... You could reach out and touch them, right? Mm. And this, and it was moving. The snake was coming down this tower. Yeah. So the snake, the the tower became the snake. Right. Then the snake started slithering down, and straight away I was, I guess now. For a split second, I remember I saw the snake. My my mind must have snapped back to a bit of consciousness, a bit, mm. and and it wasn't panic, but I just remember thinking. Am I having a bad trip? Mm. Why the fuck am I seeing a snake? <laughs> right? Do you know what? You probably Loads of people you, have seen it. I was going to say, you might not have had enough mind. You know, if you're able to, Do like... Because they say that, right? It's like, if you're able to comprehend something Do, I, like that, sometimes you think... I, I yeah. went through to another stage then, all right? Yeah. I went... And this was the first time I did it, right? Right. I went through to another stage then. The second... Uh, the stage after that, because I snapped back out of it. I think the first time, I hadn't gone deep enough, right? Yeah. I snapped out of it a bit. All right, I'm all right, because I was in... Yeah, I, I still yeah. thought, worrying about me. So I was like, I'm all right, I'm all right. Next thing, gone again. Yeah. Just zapped. 
next thing then, I was over, there was this mist everywhere, right? Multicoloured mist. Mm. And as a state of consciousness, I'm like, scoping. Next thing, all, the, the mist was the same colours as this snake. This mm. snake was like all blues and purples and... Yeah. Like like a petrol-y sort of colour. Okay. But this mist was the same colour mm -hmm. when I went back into it. But then when, as I scoped down, I was over like a red desert. Mm. It was like Indian panpipe music playing. Do you know, like tribal, yeah. like... It just had a spiritual... Like the panpipe music was in my head. Mm. It, it wasn't playing on the radio and I was mm. listening. It was, it was crystal. I can still hear it now. Like, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, then it was like I I I I was this mist, mm. and I was like fucking hell, like I am the mist. And when I come <laughs> back from, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> when I come back from it, I was trying to explain to my missus like what the fuck I just seen now, yeah. I, and she was like, what the fuck are you on about? But I was like, I was like, we we are all one. Like that mm. mist was was everybody that's ever been, mm. and everything that's ever gonna be. Do, do you know what's interesting? Right is. Um... I, I can't, where did I hear this from before? Uh, I don't know, I, I, I can't remember what I came across this, right? But you know when we go to sleep, right? When we go to sleep, have you ever had a dream where there's a particular person in the dream, let's say it's your, your brother or your sister or something, right? But they don't look like them, they look completely different, but you know it's their, your brother or sister. Yeah. Right? Have you ever had that? Or you go, or you go like, or to a place. So you go, you're in a particular place, let's say it's your house, but it doesn't look like your house or your house isn't in the place it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. It, like the place that it's in looks entirely different. Right. So like that's quite a common recurring dream for most people. That yeah. Is, right. Like in, you know, they will have, they'll have certain details which are right, but then certain details that won't. Yeah. Right? They'll be a bit muddled up. The reason is, um, it's our conscious mind, which basically puts these the pieces together right so a lot of these things are in our subconscious but our subconscious is not able to really bring these pieces together and formulate the entire thing it's our conscious mind yeah which is able to do that right so like they're able to put all the pieces together and say oh well my house you know my house is in this place this is what this place looks like yeah. and this is what it looks like inside my house whereas your subconscious goes oh well i've got all of this stuff here inside the house you know oh this house looks you know it's got some bricks and bits and bobs you know and it's in an area which has got a few trees and but what and it, it but it just muddles it all up then right? yeah. so when you're dreaming you get some pieces and uh, you know, bits and pieces of it but not the full picture it's the yeah. same thing with people so uh, you you know that it's your family member or your, you know this person that you've got this personal attachment to because there's the, you know, you've got that connection with yeah. them right there's something deeper than just being able to see them and think yeah. that's my brother or my sister or my mother or father or whatever you you've got that connection you know their presence almost uh, whereas like I've had dreams where my mother looks entirely different you know yeah. but I'm like I know it's my mother right and it's, yeah. it's because pretty much you know we we rely on. We, we rely on our conscious mind yeah. to make sense of these details, but when we're sleeping, it's not. And I think when you go to a DMT state, I suppose it's the same thing. It's yeah. like, you know, we, we're uh, we're trying to rely on our conscious brain There's to process something. this afterwards, but it's, I don't know, it's just loads of bits of information. Yeah. That yeah, like there's so much stuff that's hidden deep within ourselves that mm. we is beyond understanding and beyond measuring. Mm. It, it, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like the second time was fucking even more fucking um, strange, to be honest. The second mm. time I went into like a fucking 
it was just this conveyor belt machine. Mm. The golds and stuff. It was all Egyptian hieroglyphics all over these things. And there mm. were these reptilian things in it. Okay. And it was fucking, it was a weird, it wasn't a nice feeling. Yeah. It's really hard to explain. It was a really weird feeling. But these reptilian things were looking at me mm. and communicating between each other. And I knew that that they were saying, like, what is he doing in here? Oh, fucking It was weird, it was. Do you know what? That like that's that that's it that was uh that would probably be the NNDMT then I'm guessing, right? Because like well I don't know, I might be wrong, but like you do have a lot more it's a lot more of a visual experience yeah. with NNDMT, the, which is the, from the it plant. It was very visual. Yeah. For the for people listening as well, obviously, I'm guessing you probably know this, but like yeah. DMT is produced naturally in the brain, yeah. right? It's naturally yeah. recurring in different substances, different plants and fucking animals and yeah. things like that, but it's also recurring in our brains. Like, I think, uh, my understanding is when we're coming out of a deep sleep, I think, when we start yeah. to elicit dreams, I think that is when the the DMT is released in very small doses. Yeah. You know, it's produced in like the pituitary gland or gland. Pituitary gland, yeah. I think it's that and then it gets released in the body. Yeah. Uh but like scientists don't really know what the function of yeah, DMT is bit, in our body. I don't yeah. think there's they're not they, really they certain. They were saying it. that with um they've done tests on rats and they found that it is produced in their pituitary gland mm. uh, the third eye and they believe it's it's produced in our lungs as well and our mm. our is it our kidneys mm. or our liver i've heard something like this um yeah. now the more they're looking into it obviously they're finding out more and more all the time mm. and you know we'd be years ahead in advance we, we'd be a lot more advanced if these tests started years ago instead of fucking criminalizing these yeah. things yeah yeah and you know because if you take this DMT fucking product off, what, what I don't want to call it a drug substance, substance, mm. right? I don't want to call it that because I feel like it's so tarnishing for yeah, yeah. the spiritual experience you you have from it. Hundred percent, yeah. It's the positive effects from it. Like, yeah, you could say to somebody, you know, oh, you could make you go, you know, they say about cannabis, oh, I could make you schizophrenic. No, it can bring on schizophrenic yeah. in somebody that's already got it yeah it doesn't give somebody who hasn't got the problem schizophrenia no no that's it yeah it does it can ever uh, i suppose it's it is i think that's what i've, I've read about it is like it brings you, it on if you've already got it yeah it is it's, you have got to be cautious um like definitely for people listening like i do say to people um if you've got really you know, re really deep-seated bad stuff from the past, mm. be very cautious about, yeah. um, you know, doing something like that because it can sometimes yeah. bring these things back up to the surface yeah. and it makes it a lot more difficult to deal with. I think it's good to strive to get yourself into a better frame of mind yeah. if you're in a bad place already, to get yourself into a better frame of mind and then look at using it to maybe complement your recovery, yeah. you know, in whatever area that is. Yeah. Um, you know, although it can be a really good reset for people as well. Like I said, you just, you know, is, you have got to go into it with a healthy bit of scepticism yeah. um, and do your research beforehand. Make sure that the people you're with are, uh, you know, are knowledgeable as well. Um, I yeah. think that, you know, probably one of the best ways is to go to like a reputable yeah. um, ceremony, go for example. To, I mean, the way I did it isn't the right way to do, to do it. But 
because it, it is so hard to sort of like they obviously haven't got shamans around you mm. <laughs> they, they haven't or if they have they fucking underground like mm. so you can't just you know go on the internet and fucking type in a shaman in fucking Swansea you're not gonna <laughs> find one but you need to do your research and you know like I didn't just do it without researching. I researched everything like fuck for about two years before. Yeah. Um, no, you've got you've got to, you've got to go in more informed. And like, like I say, it's not. I don't think it's it's not going to be for everybody. But I do no. think that it is. It, it definitely needs to be talked about a lot. More. Oh, hundred like, percent. Um, yeah, you know it is. It's interesting. It's the best. It's the best VR headset out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It, it is, is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, like, can you imagine now if fucking Sony fucking invented that and they were like, "Oh, you are. Look at this new VR well, headset." Do you know what's interesting? There's the game I used to play when I was a kid. I can't fucking remember the name of it. Right? Shit game, anyway. To be honest, but <laughs> I was trying to think. I was thought. I thought back to it after DMC because I was like that game I used to play was so similar to it right because you're like floating in this fucking black empty space with like all these different things of light and I don't really know what the point of the game yeah. was I have no idea I can't remember I was too young to remember but I, I did google it afterwards mm. I managed to find what I think was the game yeah. online and I went that is 100% inspired by DMT this game has been taking DMT it was like, I, I literally I think in fact I typed in um, game that game that resembles taking DMT or something yeah. like that. And I think I actually did find it from there. So I think there was there was something. I think like and you're talking this is PS One, right? So you yeah. can imagine the graphics. Yeah. But if they would have remade that on like the PS Four or whatever, no Xbox One with the graphics with the nuts, today or like, VR headset, yeah, it would be you know it'd be similar you know in terms of the visual experience, but obviously not the actual yeah. the um the physical sensations and things that, that you get to accompany it. Exactly you know, like me though. Do you know you're mm. saying but there now? I, I researched it and I was typing in films that were inspired by DMT and I I was just James trying Cameron. To, fucking bonkers. Avatar. James oh, Cameron. Oh, that's nuts. Right, so if you look at if you look at Avatar as a film after mm. taking DMT, right, um, James Cameron, he's I, he's definitely he's, ex done, he's, it, like. he's done it or he's been he's had some sort of experience with with psychedelics ayahuasca because, maybe or something like that. Well, if you look at Avatar as a film, right, what's what 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 is it? So you've got a an indigenous species of a planet, yeah, which are being killed off, which are being you know their lands is being taken away from them and destroyed. Um, and they are aware that everything is connected mm. in the, in the art, in, in the, I was going to say in the arse then, everything's in connected the arse, in the arse. everybody's arse everything's connected in the arse, <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything's the earth, everything's connected in the earth, all the plants and the trees yeah. and all that, and then it's all this one singular, like, place, this one single tree where it, all of the, everything gets their life from, uh, and then you've got humans, which are there, yeah. tearing it all down, trying to get this, this rare mineral, this yeah. rare uh, thing, which is obviously very valuable on Earth, right? Mm. And they see that there's a lot of it under where their most holy site is, where everything kind of comes from. Mm. And they're trying to fight to stop that happening, you know? But then you've got that one guy. Have you seen Avatar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got Jake Sully then, the yeah. main guy. Obviously, he becomes one of them, and then he starts to be more spiritual. Then he has, like, almost... you could, He has this... Uh, you plug the they, thing they plug in, in, in yeah, from the head. Like, I, I, yeah. I haven't seen it for years, but I do remember... He, he does. He has this sort of experience where he kind of, you know, he gets to see the other side of it, do you know mm. what I mean? He gets to see, like, that 
that they're what what they they're not just like this indigenous like species or this no. just this you know this primitive species you know that they they're onto something different uh, and if you like if you like he starts to become a little bit more spiritual and then yeah. all of a sudden you know he's trying to fight them back and they beat them yeah. back or whatever but then um I, I don't know I think if you look at it like after taking DMT you start to think you start hang to on think, yeah. he's talking about our world realistically yeah. he's talking about what we are doing to our own world yeah um you know and this is what the world is supposed to be but then you've got us living over here thinking about money and greed and fucking mm. acquiring shit and getting gold and all this different stuff you know, yeah you know digging oil or whatever but we're, we're disregarding then what is happening over here to the natural world yeah. and i just think that if you look at it in this different light to that film i don't know it's, it's funny, I, really I, interesting. I, I, I definitely think, think there's um because i hadn't thought about avatar really um and when you're saying about that, it, it's almost like he's, um, we are the humans mm. and the indigenous tribes are the avatars. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are the future because we're so far ahead of mm. the indigenous tribes. Because have you seen some of these indigenous tribes? They're still, yeah, yeah. they still live in like. But they know that if you look at like the shamans in the, in the Amazon and things like that, they're, they're the ones who know about the DMT. Yeah. They are able to. They, they, they. I don't want to say they know. They have like a deeper, un, like they, they. do have a deeper understanding. I Connection think of the world of spirituality. And, yeah, spirituality and what the world, you know, what we're supposed to be like as yeah. a species. You know, they have a greater understanding, and they are being shit on to put it, you know, gently yeah. or whatever to put it politely. But um, you know, they've been shit on by like corporate America, corporate companies and whatever, which are just going out and mining and taking whatever they want for these resources. They're taking whatever resources yeah. they want. Uh, you know, and I think, yeah, you, you could look at it like he's just, uh, he's created this amazing film, uh, which is basically talking about that in a subliminal way. Yeah. So I, 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 I think it's, yeah, it's a great he, film, but he's, he, he's he recent like fucking he five must, more. Mike. He, is he? Yeah. So it's been 11 years since Avatar 1. He's releasing Avatar 2 December this year. Then he's doing uh, Avatar 3 in t two years later in December. Avatar 4 two years later again. So I think the last film, I, think it's, I don't know which one it is, either Avatar 5 or 5, 4 or 5, is going to be released in like 2027 or something like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what he comes back with. But the reason he's left it so long is he was waiting for the technology to catch up with his vision. Serious? Yeah. That's going to be It's going to be fucking mad. How is. mad is that? You know, this, that fucker's definitely been smoking DMT. Yes, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, sniffing it, probably. Like. <laughs> you can sniff it as well, can you? Oh, can you, yeah. I, I am. No, oh, fuck that. I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, that. I mean, fucking hell, one step at a time, like. <laughs> <laughs> Jacking up, like. There is, they do that in Ibiza. Jack up DMT. Uh, I don't know if they, they jack it up. I can't, they do it. They administer it in a Fuck. different way. They administer it in a different way. I think it's intravenous. Yeah, I think it's oh intravenous. My God. Um, have you seen uh, white lines? Yes. Have you yeah. seen the thing the, when they're in Ibiza? Then in, they're in this little hut thing, and they're all like, having like a fucking. Oh know, yes, experience. yes. That I think that is. I think they have a frog there, don't they? They've got. Yeah. I think they've got. In, they're doing intravenous. So intra intra uh, dermis, I think. I, so in the skin, I remember I seeing my message when it came on. I was like, ah, DMT. 
She's like, yeah. oh, why are you going on about DL? And it was. No, it no, was. I, I think I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I think it is. But I don't think it was either intervenous or into the yeah, skin. Yeah, they or like injected. Like what did they? I can't remember how they took it. Was it an injection or was it a drink or was it? I think it was. I think it was an injection. I think it was an injection. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to watch White Lines again. It was good program. Good, actually. yeah. It was a good program. It was a good. And, and they were supposed to be doing a second one and then they cancelled it, didn't they? Oh, it's cancelled, is it? Yeah, I know. Hopefully it'll that. come on a different channel. It'll probably be on the British channels. Yeah, yeah. Because it was a British. Uh, but mind you, they didn't air it on the British channels, or did they? They aired it on Netflix. No, I think it was a. I think it was a. Um, I think it was a Spanish director, mind. Was it? I think so, because I think the guy who... I think it was this... I might be wrong, but I think it was the same guy who made... Um, oh, what's that one when they're in a bank and they do a robbery? It's all in Spanish. Oh, my God. It's going to do my head in. I can't think. Somebody listen, though, though. Definitely. It's all in Spanish. I think so, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's all in Spanish. And put it in the comment if you know what it is. Yeah, put it in the comment. <laughs> say they're, they're robbing banks. Uh, they're robbing banks in Spain. I'm pretty sure that it's the same guy who created that show. Is it? Which created, uh, which created White Lines. I might be wrong, but I think it is. I enjoyed it. I, I hope they do another one, because it was a good uh, mm. a good programme, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't ask me. I don't. I don't watch much to be honest. I haven't, fuck, I haven't got the time now. Like, yeah. Literally, you know, like since well, you know, since I quit my job and doing what I'm doing now, yeah. and I'm you know working with clients one to one, doing workshops. Um, so a lot of them are through Zoom at the minute. But I'm going to be doing like surfing and mindset coaching yeah. workshops, paddleboarding and mindset coaching. Well, I say mindset coaching, it's like like it'll be a resilience workshop or confidence workshop, self esteem, those sorts of things. Yeah. You know, and then I'm working with a local surf therapy charity then to, um. You know, he'll be doing the surfing and the paddleboard and instructing and then we'll do the yeah. group stuff afterwards. So, you know, like all these different things have, you know, been going on. So much up then, like. Yeah, you know, and with the, the wet bandits group, so um, obviously sea dipping. I yeah. Mean, if I can see every day, I'm just coming tell up them to... What, t- mm. uh, tell uh, the podcast mm. a bit about what you do with uh, the... Uh, yeah. A lot of cold water therapy it is. Really. Yeah, so um, I've been doing it like last year anyway, you know, like throughout the year I've been going to the beach doing a workout, yeah. jumping in the sea and whatever, like, you know, it, it does, it freshens you up, yeah. you feel amazing for it. But um, a lot of people started messaging me and they were interested in getting involved and obviously with the commercialization of Wim Hof and people yeah. talking about like, you know, going in the cold and the benefits of being in the cold and things like that. And, and in the sea in general and uh, you know I was, I, I was advocating for the mental health property you know benefits of it just because yeah. you feel amazing you know so even if you don't look into the science fit yeah. if you just jump in the fucking sea and you come out you feel great after, yeah. right? so why not up, like your blood vessels and that don't it um, so so with the cold in particular see there's benefits of going in the sea in general anyway mm. you know because you've got the minerals in the water you've got the you know the, just the, the cleansing aspect of it you, you know that's without looking at it from a fucking spiritual point of view yeah, you know yeah. I mean? it's just that's literally how it is yeah. and that's how it feels as well when you jump in you come out you feel great so you know when you add the cold into the mix as well your body goes into a very primal state so it goes into like a survival mode yeah. state um, and when that happens you are not thinking about anything else so it, it essentially it's creating presence it's creating presence within that moment um you know it also adds it's a, re- it's a great way to build a community as well really because you if you've got a few people doing it you're all on the same level you're all fucking freezing so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter you know 
what you've done, what you've achieved, no. what car you drive, what fucking, you know, business you own, how much money yeah. you've got in the bank. You're all fucking freezing. You're all just as cold as each other. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's a very, it's a very good, a good way to build a good, strong community. Yeah. It's amazing, really. The Wet Bandits group that we've got now is amazing. Like, everybody helps each other out. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's incredible <laughs> to see. Bandits. Yeah. Yeah, we put it to a poll and uh, that's yeah. what come back. It was good. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's been, it's been incredible to see how people have benefited mentally from yeah. it. So like one of the women uh, lost her mother last year, you know, still absolutely, you know, wrecked her. It's really, really mm. affected her. Uh, I didn't mean to rhyme then, but, uh, you know, she's... Uh, <laughs> so going to break into rhyme. <laughs> she, His palms are sweaty, knees weak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she, she literally, she's cannot emphasise enough how yeah. much getting in the sea has as fucking positively impacted mindset right there's a load yeah. of people which have said the same stuff there's a guy on so, my uh, social media I, I did i am gonna get him on uh, mm. for a chat because he's suffered a lot with his mental health uh reese his name is i don't mm. know if you see him he does a lot of cold water therapy he's uh mm. very mm. up and down with his um you know he goes he's still going through a tough time now mm. uh I'm not. I'm not too sure exactly. I want to get him on to so he can go into a bit of detail, really, with his yeah. story and uh, like he's still going through it. Uh, mm. Now he said he's living in like um, a hotel somewhere at the minute while he's trying to find somewhere to yeah. live and that. But I said, look, we'll come on, have a chat, and you mm. know, say a bit about your story and how much has helped you in mm. with the cold water therapy. It is cold, cold water therapy is is incredible. Like there's so many people which have got testament to it, but like you know. When you look at it from the cold aspect of it as well, mm. right? so you've got the sea, obviously, uh, in general, but like um, when you've got the, the cold aspect of it as well, it's um, it's essentially, like I say, it's, 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 it's causing you to go into that primal state mm. and then you're shaking afterwards, you know, for ages, obviously your body's trying to, to warm Shock, up and like. stuff like that. It's trying to, you know, it's your body's natural response when shivering to, to warm you up. So for one, you've got the calorific aspect of mm. it, right? So you're burning stupid amounts of calories from mm. doing that, right? So obviously in line with a good diet, you could offset weight if that's something that yeah. you know somebody was looking at doing. You've also got the new research which has come out about it, which is the, um, there's a particular fucking, what's it called? Ah, type, of, uh, type of protein, there's a particular protein uh, which is produced when you are exposing yourself to cold conditions, which, and that protein is, they're basically saying it's uh, stopping dementia, or it can stop dementia, it? it can slow the onset of dementia and Alzheimer's and is things it, like yeah. that. Yeah, slow the onset is the right way to, to say it. Uh, so there's loads of stuff which has come out about that recently. So a lot of like older people have started doing it now, especially yeah. because of that. Um, you know, so that's another aspect of it. It's... Um, and it makes you feel fucking great in all yeah. honesty it does it makes you feel so good when you do it and you know when you come out like the the the, the mental health benefits like there is there's some pseudoscience or, uh, those pseudoscience is the right word but th there's some science which is you know back, which yeah. backs it all up but then there's also like some purported benefits so the purported benefits are just how people feel yeah you know so there's a lot of it are purported but there's a lot of it which is backed by science Wim Hof is a, a good example of this so if you look into Wim Hof you know what he talks about obviously he's gone into the science of cold water therapy and what it actually does and he talks about that in his book he talks about it in you know on loads of different podcasts and you know when, when he, Joe Rogan actually he's uh, done a Joe Rogan podcast 
you know, he goes into all of that kind of stuff and and how it's impacted his life. Yeah. Um, so his wife, yeah, his actually his wife committed suicide. So he basically just said he was in a park one day. So you know, he, like just in earlier early in the morning, he seen I saw this lake and he thought, "Fuck, it, I'm just going to jump in there." He jumped in and he said he felt felt cleansed. All his pain was gone. You know, this mental mm-hmm. pain that he was going through with his wife committing suicide, uh, and then he just he went on this big journey. Then essentially discovering discovering you know what he was supposed to be doing and discovering you know the how how you can really benefit and you know, change your own uh, physiology your own mindset just by exposing yeah. yourself to the cold so you know like i said the it's what we've done with the wet bandits it's very much made a massive impact on a lot of people's lives like they've you know and i've had people say that to me as well like yeah. they said, you know you don't know how much doing it's this has like. helped yeah you know so i think for through, through lockdown it's been a, a you know a very very good for a lot of people um Likewise with ideas and beers, you know, ideas and beers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I haven't been able to run anything with that, so I've just been doing the podcast. Yeah. Um, but generally, we, we were doing community meetups. Uh, so you know, meeting up, having a couple of drinks. Uh, you know, discussing ideas and things. And essentially, I wanted it to be like an informal way of networking, but that yeah. you know, building a community so that if somebody wants to set up a business, they've got these different people here, which have maybe walked that path before, yeah. and can give some information, give insights, and help that person to, yeah. to really get them to because essentially when I was setting up my first business none of my family had set up a business before they were yeah. very I don't want to say they were unsupportive because that's not the right way but they just it. didn't know how to support like. they didn't know how to support and you know also like well how are we going to do that they were kind of like they were criticising it not mm. intentionally trying to bring me down and to stop me doing it but they were obviously doing it from a point of you know care a point of yeah. you know like love where they didn't want me to yeah. be hurt uh, but then my friends, you know, my friends completely, you know, destroyed the idea pretty much. When yeah. It was the tattoo studio, actually. It was when we, yeah. when we set up the tattoo studio, you know, because I didn't do the tattooing myself. I just, yeah. you know, we, it was like me and my business partner. We had obviously one or two tattooists that were going to come to work there and stuff. So we knew what we were going to do in that sense, but they were very, they didn't know what the vision was. Yeah. So they knocked it down. Whereas if I'd had the ideas and beers network at that point. Yeah. I would have had some constructive feedback, constructive yeah. criticism, and I would have had some help. I would have had a reliable network of people yeah. who could have really helped that come into fruition. So that's pretty much why I, why I created that community. And, it, it, you know, it's amazing to see how that has formed as well. Obviously, yeah. it's, you know, been difficult to do anything, you know, with everything that's going on now. But fingers crossed when the world starts to get back to normal, per se, you know, we no. can, uh, you know, we, yeah, I can start doing those those meetups again. And obviously, yeah. you know, I, I, that, there's a community which is they're looking to set one up in bondi in australia so it? yes they run uh, like a taster event for ideas and beers in bondi um because through some of the connections i've got there so that's pretty much where i want to take it is you know break you know having these individual little communities right away across the world because the vision that i've got for it is if i want to go to fucking poland and I want to, you know, I'm there for two weeks. I want to go and see the local Ideas and Beers Network and yeah. find those like-minded people. You know, I want to find my tribe wherever I go in the world. You know, I yeah. think that is, you know, like, finding your tribe in every aspect of life is very yeah. difficult because we rely on school, college, university, exactly. our prefer- like our work. So going in, we, we might... We might go to work in a particular place, but the people working there are not on our wavelength. No. So we rely on these these environments we put ourselves in to dictate how our, who our tribe is. Yeah. Or, sorry, who our tribe are, and you know, and what type of people we associate yeah. with. 
But that's what I wanted to do with Ideas and Beers, really, is this external thing where, you know, you get these particular type of people who are interested in self-development, they're interested yeah. in learning about mindset. And, like, I, I don't like football. I don't like, you know, rugby, yeah. essentially. I never like, you know, when I go to the pub with my mates, I'm literally sitting there like a fucking spare part. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty I'm doing shots. In. I'm the one doing tequila. <laughs> you know, you watch fucking football, I'm going to do tequila, yeah. right? Um, you know what I mean? So that's kind of what, what, what I've done in those situations. But... You know, I think if I with the ideas and beers network, you know, and the, even the web bandits guys as well, we talk about ideas, we talk about yeah. things that are interesting that you grow from. Yeah, and I think that's so important because we're not talking about other people, we're not talking about TV shows as much and things like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but I do think that if you want to be talking about, you know, ideas and you know, and learning how yeah. to better your mindset, you know, or it's like let someone that's listening now might be in a bad place. Talking to your friends about the fucking Kardashians, for example, mm. or whatever, is probably not going to help that no. much. It's really, no. it's not. Or gossiping about other people is 100% not going to fucking do it because no. that's just spreading more negativity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you start talking about, you start to talking about, you know, ideas that people have, or things that people have done, like supplements. Let's talk you supplements. Yeah. There's people who have, oh, well, I've used 5-HTP, for example, uh, when I was suffering from like you no know, anxiety or yeah. uh, I think I can't, I think it's depre- depression. You know, five HTP is good for. Mm. Uh, so that increases the levels of serotonin, you know, in the in the body and the brain, and can pull you out of kind of a depressive state of mind. So mm. you can buy that over the counter in different yeah. places. Somebody just having that kind of all different conversation, and then relaying information on to you or to someone else, and then they take that information, and then it goes and benefits them. Yeah, like, you know that that's. That's the kind of, those are the kind of conversations that I love having yeah. I think those are so important. You surround yourself with positive people. I mean, and, and that's something... I never used to talk like this mm. until after I'd done DMT. Mm. I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even look at things like that. Yeah. But it's, it's when, after since I've done DMT, it's never been so clear. Mm. I, I, I find it I find it visually so much easier mm. to spot what's not good for me to be around yeah yeah and what is mm. what am what am i drawn to and what do i know right that's not yeah I, yeah i, I, no, I said you in dmt was my realization about alcohol mate i've got i'm glad you've said this mind right because that's exactly what happened with my job in the university right so i actually got that job in the uni just after I did DMT, so I think, it, or maybe I, or maybe I was like a month into the yeah. job. So it was something, you know. I think I might have. I tell you what, no, actually, I think I did it. I think I did it uh, about a month or so into being in that job, mm-hmm. um, and at the time, right on paper, this job, right, the, you know, I was laughing when I was doing the application, right, and I literally didn't even proofread it because <laughs> I knew fucking full well that job was meant for me, pretty yeah. much, right, in terms of the way it was, right. Yeah. Then when I got there, it just didn't feel right. I didn't like it. You know, I was micromanaged. Didn't you know? I didn't really get on with you know. I didn't get on with my manager in oh, that fuck. sense. You know, I <laughs> and it was um, you know not to put all the all the thing in that. It was just I wasn't right for that yeah. job. Do you know what I mean? It was not. I I didn't like working in that establishment. Yeah. Right, and I just was, didn't fit. Like like I said, I think the DMT. Right, I think what it made me you know realize after a while is. I fucking physically couldn't be in that job anymore. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where I was working from home. So the whole routine was stripped away. The social element was stripped away. The being around, you know, the students and actually helping them, yeah. you know, all of that was stripped away. The delivering the lectures and workshops, all of that was stripped away. So it was just the bare bones of the job, which 
I realised I don't fucking want to do it. I didn't, it's, not, <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not serving my overall mission. I didn't yeah. feel like I was really helping people. Yeah. Um, and I physically got to the point where I could not send a fucking email. I could not work myself up to send an email. I was like, how... Like, I just had such a mental block on. Yeah. I was, I was sitting there. I was like, this is crazy. Like I said, I could honestly go off probably with stress at the moment because yeah. I literally can't figure I can't I can't do it do you know what yeah. I mean it was it was crazy but like that's where I think the DMT almost like don't, not to attribute everything to it no. but I think it put me on that path to realising you know when I'm in a situation that doesn't resonate with mm. me it put me in a, a, you know, a place eventually where I was like I just physically can't do this job I've got to quit yeah. it I quit it because I realised when I, when I was doing my own stuff outside of work boom no problem at all yeah. flow state smashing workouts yeah. you know no issues whatsoever um but when it came to work i couldn't do it so like i said i ended up just going right fuck it i'm quitting i had a three month notice period because of lockdown and we were working from home they didn't really need me to be there for three mm. months so i finished after two weeks i had no other source of income i didn't have any clients at this point i had no other clients i literally just had a vision for what i was going to do mm. i thought right mindset coaching accountability coaching I know roughly what I'm going to be doing. I yeah. know roughly how I'm going to be earning money. So it'd be one-to-ones, group work, workshops, mm. et cetera, et cetera, courses. And I just fucking went for it. I handed my notice in. I quit. Uh, I did work part-time jobs as well. So to be like, I'm not going to be like disingenuous. I worked no. uh, delivering for um, a takeaway. You've you know, got to do it though, a week. Man. Yeah, you know, a couple of evenings a week. I literally signed up. To, I signed on to Universal Credit. So I thought, yeah. right, at least I've got a bit of something, a backup, thing, like, a backup yeah. thing. Yeah. And obviously then I started acquiring clients and things like that. And then eventually got to a point there where I was like, right, I, um, after Christmas, I stopped working in the takeaway. Obviously, the stopped Universal Credit and stuff. So I was just working entirely for my self um and obviously doing the workshops and things and now i'm starting to see how you know like you said about finding that walking that path finding yeah. your you know following your dreams if following you want your dreams that's what you i know. say all the time yeah this it, it really started to resonate with me because I, th- I knew that it was the right decision to make in the first place yeah i knew everyone thought it was fucking crazy and i, I, I don't blame them i don't blame them for doing it i honestly don't because i i knew full well that it seemed like a crazy it thing to do like yeah it seemed like a crazy thing to do um but i knew it was the right thing to yeah. do and there's on that there's a good book, uh, amazing book in fact that I'd recommend anyone to read or listen to. It's called The Alchemist by The po- Alchemist. The I Alchemist. have heard of it. Yeah, it's um, one of the massive, massive, uh, massively popular book. Um, yeah, by Paul Paolo Coelho. Mm-hmm. Now that is literally a, it's a fable about following your dreams, right? But yeah. I, I listened to it on audio book about a year or so ago, and yeah. I, it resonated with me quite a bit. And it was like quite you know it was quite upset, not upsetting at the end, but you no, know, it's like quite emotional. Do you know what I mean? It's a nice story. Yeah. It's a nice ending to it. Um, but I just felt like I needed to listen to it again the other yeah. day, so I started listening to it the other day, and I went, "Oh my fucking god." It, um, it just resonates with me on a completely different level now because I'm all of a sudden doing, doing I'm following doing. my own path yeah. or whatever I'm, I'm going with he calls it the omens in it so essentially yeah. it's just those little signs in life where you think this feels like a good place yeah. for me to go so like I always fancy trying surfing for years yeah. don't know why I never watched surfing videos or films or anything <laughs> I, just, I always thought oh, I don't know I fancy surfing yeah. it's just that sort of little thing now, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to start surfing so I can earn money from no. it. I just thought I want to try something new. I want to try surfing. So, Fancy um, doing it. Like. Yeah, and I uh, I ended up trying it out last year. 
Um, you know, just giving it a go. Fucking loved it. I thought it was amazing. And then one day I'm coming out of the water on my surfboard. I seen this guy who runs the surf therapy charity. Yeah. He said, oh, we need to, we should do a workshop now with the group mindset stuff and, and the surfing yeah. and paddleboarding. And I went, yeah, yeah, sounds good. And then I sat in the car afterward and I went, hang on, I've just turned an interest into a passion into a fucking income into something exactly. that's, that's not going to only serve my bigger mission which is to help people but actually to earn money in the process yeah. and I thought that's that's just something that was an interest you know what I mean like yeah. it, it, I honestly I think those little things that in life that we feel like we need to explore those are the things we need to be doing too many people look at university and they'll think what job can I get at the end exactly. of that? What job do I want to, you know, go into? And it, they stop. The, they don't stop to think. What are my values? What do I enjoy doing? What do I like doing? Because they think that you know, our passions and hobbies and things they are different to our work life. Yeah. Like it can be, it but can, they don't yeah. have to be. And I think no. in the world of social media and stuff now, it's so fucking easy, and the internet as well. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to earn money doing something that you're passionate about. You know, look at you've only got to look at YouTubers, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you've got to look at them and you've got to look at, like, uh, what's it, Mrs. Hinch, is it? The Mrs. Yeah. Hinch woman, you yeah. know? She's smashing it, just from from what I understand, is just giving, like, design tips and interior it's, decor and... It's nuts, mate. Things like, like that. Like you know I, what I mean? Those are just interests that they've got and they've just built the following and a business off the back of it. Yeah. It's just crazy. And it's the same, same exactly, like, what I'm doing. Mm. I, it doesn't even feel like, well, obviously, with lockdown, I'm fed up of saying lockdown, but... yeah when everything was normal and when everything does go back to normal mm. I'm getting paid to do something I fucking love doing like. yeah and that's those are the things we need to be striving for in life like so anyone listening honestly like try and it's more important sometimes to strip back the things you don't want and yeah. the things you don't like so that it leaves more space for you to do the things that you do yeah. enjoy and to try new things, explore new concepts, new ideas, new businesses, whatever. Yeah. Try as many things as you can. Yeah. Try. Why not? Try mm. Try everything you can and say, right, I like this, I like that, I like that. Yeah. Take it all and fucking run. Yeah. Run with it. We're, we're all, I think everyone's looking for their purpose in life. Mm. Sometimes, right, it's difficult to find that purpose, but I think, you know, it's our purpose to find our purpose. Do you know That's, what I mean? It's yeah, to, that you know, is to find the the things that we enjoy, the things that you know mm. give us passion. And I think the easiest way to do that, what I've done, like you said, is trying loads of different things. You no, know, saying yes to yeah. things, just saying yes to new opportunities. If you don't like something, you don't do it. Yeah, again, do you know what just... I mean. But I think people get caught up on oh, I'm not I'm no good at this particular thing. Yeah. I have so many people say, oh, oh you know, I, I really enjoyed surfing when I tried it, but I'm no good at it. I'm crap yeah. at it. I'm like, how long did you try? You know, how long were you surfing for? Oh, I did it for like two hours once. <laughs> Obviously, you're going to be shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Nobody was a good, a good attack overnight. You know, you know what I mean. It's no. like it takes time. It takes practice. Yeah, you know. And I think that's that's the thing. Just try new things, um, explore interests and passions and whatever, and you will eventually get to that point where you you realise then when you're looking back, hang on, this is everything I'm yeah. supposed to be doing. Last point, actually, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Anyone listening? Steve Jobs, Stanford commencement speech. Uh, he talks about this. It's a unbelievable talk the best talk mm. I've ever watched uh, he talks about connecting the dots and he said yeah. you know he basically went to a calligraphy course in college dropped out of college and started doing this calligraphy course um, and uh, he, he said he had no practical practical application to his life right? but he absolutely loved it until 10 years later when they were designing the Macintosh and then he put all of the fonts and you know the different calligraphy and stuff mm. into the, the Macintosh Windows copied that so he said it's incredible 
entirely possible that no personal computer or phone would have the typography it's got today yeah if he hadn't dropped in on that cigarette single calligraphy course I and he said yeah he said looking forwards he couldn't he could never see it but looking back it was very clear so he said you just got to trust yeah. that these interests and things are the right that's that's your the, you know your intuition pushing you in that right direction you've just got to trust in yourself yeah uh it sounds woo woo sounds cliche yeah. but i you know that's pretty much what i've done right now and it, i can fucking genuinely it say like, it works like and another thing is the, steve jobs bill gates all these fucking people who are pushing the boundaries or did mm. have pushed the boundaries and changed the future and all that all experimented with psychedelics Mm. All yeah. Of yeah yeah steve jobs he's openly talked about yeah that he did uh acid i think acid lsd oh, yeah. used to do a lot of mm. yeah um and bill gates as well has mm. done acid there's so many people who have done acid mm. e- e- even the ones that you think haven't mm. They've tried it. I'm telling you. Yeah, Elon Musk, hundred percent. Oh yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. He's, you can't. You don't think like that. No. Otherwise. I think I he's, personally think yeah. He's so out there. He thinks so outside of the box. Hmm. Uh, have you tried? Uh, well, have you thought about trying, or have you already tried it? Um, flotation tanks. Yeah. Have you tried it? I've done it once. What yeah. do you think of it? Um, I enjoyed it. I found it nice, but it was before I did DMT. So I mean, like would I, you try it on DMT? Oh my god, I don't know. I think I'd be, I think it'd be a bit fucking much. <laughs> think about fucking much. Oh my god, that would be insane. No, that would yeah, be. Can you imagine that? That'd be crazy. I haven't um, tried it. So you, you. So what my understanding is, if you go into a really deep, relaxed state in the flotation tank, which I actually didn't. I, uh, I, because it was the first time doing it. My, I couldn't relax my shoulders. Yeah. Like I, 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 I felt like there was a lot of tension in my shoulders, yeah. and it's because your natural instinct is trying to keep afloat or whatever. Yeah. Like you're not relaxing fully. So the guy said, it, sometimes that takes two or three times for people yeah. to do it. Then you get into a deep relaxed state, and that's when you start to get the full relaxation. So yeah, you could probably get into a similar deep, like a, a psychedelic or like yeah. a DMT like state from a flotation yeah. tank. I think. If, if you get into it like that, yeah, you probably... Feels like you're in the womb, does it? Because it's like... You, it's, it's like uh, you're just literally weightless. It's, it? Yeah, you're weight, yes, weightless. You're, you know, it's... it's, it's So the water temperature... This water temperature is the same temperature as the, the body. Mm. So you can't really feel the water. There's not a difference in that respect. Yeah. Um, you're inside a dark, like, tank chamber. thing. Um, yeah, like a chamber thing. So it's not daunting. It's just like you can't see anything. So you've got no mm. visual sensation. It's quite like you can't really hear anything because it's like because of the, the walls and stuff. Yeah. It's quite um, quiet. Uh, and obviously you've got half a ton of Epsom salts, which floats you, mm, you um, and it's good for the skin and things like that. Uh, so it's just strange. Like you don't, you just feel like you're floating in space or something. Oh, yeah. It's quite, yeah, it's quite bizarre. Like I was thinking it must feel like you're just in the, in the womb. Yeah, it, it is. It's probably, yeah, you could probably say that. Like, like the, um, obviously the Epsom salts, it kind of helps you float up to the top and things. Yeah, it is. Like it's, um, it's just a very chilled, very chilled experience. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think people do it for different reasons. So it's good for you, like your skin, but it's also good for like lowering your stress, uh, yeah. stress response, you know, anxiety and, uh, you know, overcoming things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I, I think it is, it's pretty, it's, it's worth trying. It's yeah. definitely worth trying. Uh, the other thing I was going to suggest, touch a, cryotherapy. Did you touch upon your, um, your charity? 
Oh, no, actually, no, I haven't really talked about I was that thinking, yet. I, yeah, d- I th- couldn't remember if we'd gone into that. No, well, one of the things I do for the, the guys listening is um, ultra marathons. So I do a lot of running. Um, I've done a 35-mile, a 50-mile and a 40-mile ultra marathon. So three mm. different ones. And uh, I'm doing a 100-mile ultra marathon now, 1st of May. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to be running. It was originally Swindon to Swansea, but then I worked it out and it was actually 140 miles. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to run from Bath to Swansea then, which is still fucking mad. Fucking hell. Yeah, it's still mad. And and you're doing that for charity. Yeah. So, so it's, get behind. Come on, guys, for fuck's sake. Get behind them. Where can they get in touch? So where can they... It's a uh, Swiss community interest company. It's called the Empowering People... Uh, the Empowering the People up. Project. Uh, so it's a local char- uh, local yeah. sorry, local community interest company. Um, and essentially what their aim is, they're going to be having referrals from doctors uh, and GPs, you know, who are struggling with their mental health in some way, shape or form. Uh, the lady then who's involved with the community interest company who runs it, Emily... She will assess them as a mental health nurse, mm. and then she will like basically pass them on to the different services which are, are relevant. So the you know that will be one aspect of it. But the other thing that she'll be doing then is um, it, you know is, is having supported living for mental health. So that will yeah. be the the community interest company side of it, from what I understand. Is you know you'll have people who are uh, referred from wherever who are like really struggling with their mental health they will live in the supported living place where they'll have you know different assessments and ongoing support yeah um you know to to basically help them get through to the other side of everything that's going on but like i said it's a newly set up thing i've known emily for a while and she's you know so passionate about you know helping people with, with mental health conditions and things like that and you know i thought I raised money for Mind with the last ultra marathon. Obviously, it's a massive charity, so really worthwhile cause. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to do it for something local, you know, and really where the money's going to go yeah. to 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 be it's going to be spent well. Do you know, yeah. it's going to be spent well. Um, so I've set a fundraising target of ten grand. Uh, I've already, man. yeah, yeah, I've already raised twelve hundred. So um, already raised twelve hundred, and you know I've got a lot of different sponsors on board already, uh, which is you know it's been incredible. I've had like a massive amount of of support offered yeah. to me, which is which is great. Uh, it's going to be on the first of May, so anybody looking to donate, uh, if they go through to my Instagram, so it's just Ryan Stevens with a PH and then three underscores. Uh, I've got a link then in my bio. Alternatively, they if they go to my website, so www.ryanstevens.co just .co yeah. um, that's uh, it's not up there yet but I'm going to be doing it probably probably before the t- this podcast yeah. goes live it'll be up on send there send me the so, links and I'll pop them in the uh, in the descriptions as well whether it be on YouTube Facebook yeah. or my Instagram I'll pop them on there mm-hmm. and just uh, give him a follow get behind him and um, show your support for his uh, charity as well. And we look forward to. Uh, I think I think we talked so much that uh, I'm pretty <laughs> oh, yeah. sure we can bang a couple more podcasts out talking I was about. Say. Uh, there's so much shit. I, I I don't even feel like we've covered fucking the. A quarter of it, to be honest. Well, I was going to say, yeah, two, two hours that we've been already, and like we've already <laughs> we just, were talking uh, for about two hours before we fucking yeah. started. <laughs> I know we've only just touched on the fucking running and the cold yeah. water therapy and stuff. We've only just touched on that. Yeah, so fucking no, it's definitely, uh, definitely another podcast. There's a lot of <laughs> so much fucking information in it, and mm. it's uh, I, to be honest with you, you're like one of the first ones I've come across who's actually done DMT, mm. um, other than my mate, like, mm. um, 
and it's, it's so interesting to talk to people about their experiences and yeah no I can, I can know uh, a couple of one or two other people you could probably speak to as well so yeah like, send yeah. them my way man yeah. I love a little <laughs> fucking chat about the old uh, dimethyl yeah I, like, <laughs> yeah I know the perfect guy actually the yeah. guy who uh, introduced me to it yeah, yeah. and ayahuasca ceremonies and things like that so yeah he would be he'd probably be a good oh ask him to, is he up uh, for him mate I'd, uh, I'd love to have a chat with him as well and, and come on with him as well and have a chat that's a, yeah that's a good show yeah we'll make everybody it get on so uh, as long as covid permitting hmm. this is going to go ahead in may you said your charity first, first of may yeah the only thing that's going to stop it realistically is the travel restriction aspect yeah. of it uh so yeah as long as that uh, you know i think by the first of may that shouldn't be an issue um so i'll be starting i haven't, I haven't worked out the logistics of it just yet but i'm going to be going to train up most probably the bath first thing in the morning yeah um i'm going to be starting to run probably about one o'clock in the afternoon and the reason being is obviously it's going to be a r- roughly a 24-hour challenge uh, might be slightly <laughs> yeah it might be slightly more might be slightly less um you know but if it's slightly less obviously sunday early hours of the sunday morning people could still join in and things it's not too early for them to join in um you know likewise if it's if i go over the 24 hours it's it's not too late in the day it'll just be later in the afternoon but if i finish at the roughly at the 24 hour mark i'll be finishing midday you know i can um fucking have a drink or a yeah you know it's just uh, i think that's probably going to be it but it'll be the first of may like i said the empowering people project that's the uh, the place the thing i'm running raising money for links yeah. on my instagram um and yeah you know i'll on my website guys the sponsors the people who are going to be getting on board and helping me out so valor energy is a um a vegan energy gel so yeah. amazing company lot of neath as well so set up in neath yeah um you know they, they're on board uh i've got a range of different other people so the sunshine veggie uh is a girl called emma tamplin she's uh, gonna be doing like veg- a vegetarian meal prep for me oh yeah uh, in line with the new are you vegetarian i'm not i was vegan for a year and a half yeah. um but how did that go it went well but i stopped uh i basically i was doing it for the health reasons primarily yeah. and i ended up fucking i i ended up contradicting the reason i was trying <laughs> to do it because i was just be doing it for the sake of it in the end like i yeah. was busy as fuck and i was just eating chips and whatever not yeah. you know actually getting the nutrition i needed yeah. and i started to look ill i think because yeah. i wasn't doing it the that's way probably where, to. where i'm at now to be honest my diet I mean, is fucking uh, terrible at the yeah, moment yeah I, I just went back to fucking eating meat and everything in the yeah. end, you know what i mean i feel a lot better for it but my, in all honesty my diet's not good but funny enough i've been um offered to work with a nutritionist now as a sponsor That's for good, yeah. you know for this and then she's going to do the veggie meal preps aligned with that nutritionist um you know i've had a cbd company get in touch with me as well and stuff so i've had like a range of great support yeah uh you know all of the links to the sponsors and stuff will be on the website yeah. as well then you know uh hopefully from this week so get on there guys and check it out yeah anyway ryan Thank you very much. Nice Appreciate to meet you, that. mate. It's yeah, nice been, to meet you. It's been awesome. I know, first time we met and we're talking as if we fucking own each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, I think we definitely got room for another podcast. Uh, maybe yeah. more. I'll, I'll get you on maybe... After um, the 100 mile After that. Yeah. Just, you know, uh, get you on and have a chat. If I survive. It. If I survive. You're going to survive, yeah. mate. Yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to be I hard, wouldn't so. survive. I know. Look at that. <laughs> fucking hell. Right, anything else you want to touch on, mate? Or is that it? No, that sounds good to That's me, it. but uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you very Get much. Get over, show your support, 
Um, and get over and follow Ryan as well, and uh, you know, basically get behind him for his uh, charity event because it's uh, it's a big deal, <laughs> right? Anyway, what's happening, guys? This is Ryan. Thank you very much. Take it easy. <laughs>